Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is? Huh? Hump day! Good morning, everyone. Happy Hump Day and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis, where it's 7 o'clock. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley and uh, the one, the only Dan McLaughlin and Matthew Rocchio. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on this 28-degree morning in St. Louis, Missouri. How are we all doing? Uh, yeah, that cold weather just smacked you right in the face this morning. Yeah, it was not great. Brooke, this is nothing. Because this weekend, it's going to be like one or zero. And if you're watching the Kansas City Chiefs game, they're saying it's supposed to be one of the coldest games in the history of the National Football League. Who are they hosting? The Miami, Miami Dolphins. Dolphins. Lucky, lucky yeah. Dolphins. Oh, they're used to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, they're right? used to it all the time. That oh, loss yeah. hurt a little bit then, a little bit more than uh, others on Sunday night for the Dolphins. So oh, I remember yeah. one time. It was bad. This is way back in the day, before you kids were even born. That uh, they the Chiefs and Dolphins played the longest game in NFL history on a Christmas Eve, and I'm sitting. Dan, you remember little uh, transistor radios where you had the little singular? Oh yeah. <laughs> I was sitting in church listening to the end of that game. You're supposed to be paying Christmas attention Eve. to church. I Randy. was paying attention to church. <laughs> yeah. Podolak was running for like 140 yards, and Len Dawson was passing for touchdowns. Okay, so I got another idea before we get to the show. And by the way, the Blues lost last night five one to the Panthers. But oh, and we're going to talk to. Uh, we're going to talk to John, uh, Jamie Rivers today, uh, and then we're going to talk to uh, Robbie, Tommy. That's Robert Thomas. I got it. Show. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. So, if you couldn't pick that uh, up, I Robbie, Tommy. It, it might be hard yeah. to figure out. As you guys know, on my way in, I listened to our friend Michelle Smallman's show, and it is the Michelle Smallman show with those two other guys. It's unsportsmanlike, really, <laughs> Randy. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. Yeah. So they were doing Comeback Player of the Year award today, and she had Damar Hamlin, and somebody else had Joe Flacco. And I texted her. I said, this is the perfect segment for Good Friday. Is it not? The comeback player of the year? (laughs) Oh, come on, Randy. The greatest comeback of them all. Yes, We got it. 7.15, it's Ask Uncle Randy. (laughs) At 7.30, the Blues are exactly as Doug Armstrong predicted. At 7.45, it'll be take it or leave it. (laughs) Here's what we we had last night over at Enterprise Center. I don't need lightning to strike this uh, booth, okay? Oh, no. It would be bad. Okay. You go right ahead, Randy, with your show. Thing is, <laughs> Demar Hamlin has better hands. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, well, That's oh, terrible. Oh, oh. oh no, Randy. Terrible. Terrible. Randy. Nope. 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 Randy. 
you. I want to be on the record. Are you I'm, saying Jesus can't get an interception? I'm on the record as saying I'm not a part of this. If there's anybody that drops a pick and just looks at its hands. Oh, the doubling down, Randy. Let's see. Uh, Missouri had a tough loss against Kentucky. Slew plays later, maybe tonight. Mike Vrabel was uh, let go. Yeah, we're, oh, we're oh okay. <laughs> if we want to ignore that, we can. <laughs> uh, last night over at Enterprise Center, Blues taking on the Panthers, who are hot, hot, hot. And 324 into the game, Blues grab the lead. Shen holds it in. Sod. Wide open, far wing. Neighbors right down the middle. Pushes it to the goal. Draws a penalty. He scores! Shen finds the rebound. And with a delayed penalty coming, he gives the Blues a 1-0 lead. 3.24 into the first period. His ninth of the year, 1-0 Blues. 12 in a row without a tally for the captain. And he gets one last night. I thought last night was one of his best games that he's played in a while. He played had, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, team high, six shots on goal. He also was good on the faceoff. I think he was 10 of 16. And as we talked about with John Kelly last night, maybe that is something that gets him going after winning that yeah. uh, shootout goal and, uh, and and see if he gets going. But the bottom line is the power play has to get going. And I know you want to play more goals. Yeah, Kevin Stenland mm-hmm. scoring at the 15-56 mark for Florida to tie the game at one apiece. Heading into the second period, then Sam Ryan. Reinhardt on a power play goal with Florida scoring 111 into the second, and it was 2-1 Florida, and they never looked back. 2-1 after uh, two periods, and then early in the third, Matthew Kachuk gave the Panthers some insurance. Verona hands it off to the Panthers, and the pass comes up ahead to Kachuk. Kachuk hits the trail over Hagee to Kachuk. Score! Turnover by Jacob Verona inside the blue line. Leads to a Panthers rush and a Matthew Kachuk goal. 3-1 to one Florida, 17-42 to go in the third. Oh, those turnovers, they'll kill you. Mm, yeah, and Drew Bannister had a lot to say about that moment, specifically after the mm. game. He felt like that that was really a turning point in the worst way for the Blues because when you lose those one-on-one battles like that with Verona, and also, by the way, he just came up after being sent down for so long because we've seen so much of it felt like that back and forth between Verona and the Blues of really getting the most out of him and then you have that happen last night and it was it was not a good moment for Verona once again so Verona and Hayes were on the ice three different times even strength goals against ouch and he gave away the puck and you know what to your point Brooke that's what they're asking him to just compete like chip it in go compete Mm -hmm. in the corner and don't get it uh, have a giveaway and that was to me that was the play of the game because when it became three to one this game was going to be out of reach once uh, the Florida Panthers got the lead like that and Matthew Kachuk made sure of that he scored at 557 and then the Panthers tried like heck to get him the hat trick and then at the 1903 mark they finally got it for him and in front Perunovic again on the near side neighbors trying to center he put it right off the goalie it gets kicked loose Kachuk to the empty net for the hat trick he's got it Matthew Kachuk in front of a bunch of family and friends here tonight scores a natural hat trick in the third period and the Panthers lead by a score of five to one and a few hats will fly onto the ice here at Enterprise Center 5-1 5-1 was the final. Panthers out shooting the Blues 31-30. Not a great night for Joel Hofer, by the way. And the Blues will be back at it coming up tomorrow night when they welcome the New York Rangers. Sam Reinhardt has 14 power play goals. 
the Blues as a team have 12. Mm. How about that? 12. They went 0 for 4 again last night. It's the ninth time that they have been 0 for 4 in a power play situation in games. They are now 12 for 113. That is 11% on the power play dead last in the National Hockey League. Ouch. It's really, really bad. And it's been the big talking point all season for the Blues because your power play is supposed to be a huge turning point in the game. It's a mo- it's a moment where you can really regain some momentum and also the timing of the power play, too, for the Blues not to be able to capitalize on that. And if it was, it would be one thing. We know that Justin Falk is still not available. We know that Verona has been added to the power play. But still, this has been a continuing issue for the Blues. So you can't even excuse those things happening. I, I thought the first power play actually was pretty good for the Blues. Yes. It was about eight minutes to go in the in the first period. There was movement. There were bodies in front. There were shots. I loved that part of it. There was actual shots on goal. Cairo <laughs> yeah. hit the crossbar. Yeah. And I, I thought, man, this power play looks like it should have been looking the entire year. And then it reverted back to what we saw the rest of the game. And it just, uh, you can't put your finger on it. There's talent out there. At times, I think the second unit's better than the first unit. Yes. And uh, you know what? <laughs> they just can't score in the power play. And it's 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 a situation where now they've had seven times to get over four games above 500 and can't do it. Seven different yeah. times, and last night was another chance. It's bad. It's really, really bad at this point. And I don't know what you can change because personnel-wise, you have what you have. We discussed Colton Pareko joining in. Change coaches. you got you got Brad Richards change, as a consultant. Yes. You've, got a, you've tried a million different things. It is what it is. At this point, what can you do to even change it moving forward? Get uh, Alex Ovechkin in his prime. Oh, well, they okay. did have a little different. They 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 shifted Thomas and Shin, mm-hmm. and they had a little bit more movement. So I mean, they did try some things a little bit differently, mm-hmm. but still, it's it's the same personnel, and they can't score. They, they, period. They just don't have that guy. And Jacob Verona. I mean, what do you do with that? Yeah, he's got to be at at the end game, doesn't he? With St. Louis, yes. he, there's a reason that he's on his third team. Yes, and it's not. I, I know that he's had other extenuating issues, but he just doesn't try hard consistently. Well, again. On one of the goal, chip it in. Yeah, go get it. Make the safe play, and instead it gets picked off. You get Kachuk scoring a goal. It makes it three-one. That was the game at that point. Mm-hmm. Last night, watching that reminded me of like watching a football team that is just pounding the football and wearing the opposition down. And Florida is really good. Yeah, they are. I mean, mm-hmm. they're outstanding. They've won now eight straight. They have twenty-nine. They're plus twenty-nine in goal differential in these eight games. They're really good. They're really fast, and they can be physical too. But I went from watching that at, in the second period and watching how sloppy the Blues were in the offensive zone, thinking, you're down two goals. There's no way this team's coming back. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, last night, college basketball, sixth-ranked Kentucky gets six players into double figures. They take care of Mizzou, 90-77. to Tigers were never really in the game. Football yesterday, Brooks Tennessee Titans fired their head coach, Mike Vrabel. Here is Adam Schefter of ESPN on why the Titans decided to make this move during the course of this week, when they, they could have done it on Monday, they could have done it on Friday, but they decided to do it on Taco Tuesday. They were in a situation where they felt like they were better off making change. Look, there have been questions and speculation all year long about Mike Vrabel wanting out. So I, I think this was kind of a two-way street in my mind, that both sides were interested in this, but the Titans obviously made the move, and he's out today. 
It wasn't a popular move. I will go ahead and say that. From everything that I have understood, and you guys could see it as well, based off the reaction from former players, current players, a lot of people respect Mike Vrabel. I liken him personality-wise to Craig Berube. Obviously, Berube has the championship. We're talking about specifically the personality here. He has a very strong, blunt personality, and he also can be very, very nice once you get to know him a little bit better. But he's also fair in a lot of ways. I think that the breaking point, honestly, between him and the Titans is when they traded A.J. Brown. That was the end because Mike Vrabel made it very clear that that was a player that he did not want to part with, and they parted with him anyways. It is very important to note that it's not the current GM that traded away A.J. Brown. It was Robinson, and that was a big part of Robinson leaving. And at the same time here, I look, I understand. Vrabel is very likable. I know that on Bussin' with the Boys, if you guys have seen that podcast with former Titans, Will Compton and Taylor Lewan, he was a guest on there. So a lot of people, I feel like, really, really like him. But at the end of the day, it is a business. And the Titans, I mentioned this yesterday, but they were 13-21 and 21 over the past two seasons under Vrabel and have missed the playoffs for the second year in a row. And they also haven't scored. Now, this is a very scary stat for Titans fans. They haven't scored 30 points in over two calendar years. Mm. That doesn't even sound real, but sadly it is real. And if you watch the Titans the past two years, then you would understand exactly what's going on here. I think that they needed to get ahead of this, and I understand that they there were talks that they could have made a trade, different things like that. But at the same time, if you look at some of these openings that are going around right now, all the coaches that you would want, Bobby Slowick, including that with the Texans and the Ben Johnson with the Lions, those other vacant jobs, they're already putting in requests for those head coaches. And if you want an offensive minded coach, then you have to get ahead of the game in that. I went back and looked at, okay, why had they struggled so much? And then why do people love him so much? Three trips to the playoffs. Yes. AFC coach of the year made it to an AFC championship, but he did it with Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill, Mm -hmm. Blaine Gabbard, Malik Willis, Josh Dobbs, and Will Levis. So when you, you start thinking about some of the QBs that he was working with, yes. and then you ask yourself, okay, he's done a pretty good job with the, the QBs that he had, QB-driven league. Where are the other players? Where's the player personnel stepping up with this? It's not Mike Vrabel's fault. And that's why he'll be wanted once he gets out there. 100%. And that's the thing is that I understand both sides of it in the sense of maybe this was not a relationship that was working out anymore. And I also believe that Vrabel probably didn't want to stay in Tennessee anymore. I think he wanted to have this new chapter, this new start, and it just wasn't working out with the Titans, and hopefully everybody can move on for it. Now, it is very Titan-esque that it gets handled in this way, so I'm personally not surprised, because I've seen a lot of things being a lifelong Titans fan, but um, this is definitely a move that can hurt you in the long run, where a lot of people could be making fun of you. We are off and running on this edition of the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. Coming up, it is Wednesday, and that's, that means it's Ask Uncle Randy Day. Why do you call it Uncle Randy? This is just Randy now. I, I am a vuncular. <laughs> this no, is just I, Randy. Vuncular, well. yes! You know, it's just so Randy. People, people treat me, thank you, Matthew. People I treat me that kind word. of as an uncle. So, okay. Uh, yeah, you can, uh, I'm, I'm the trusted uncle. So, you, you can text weird in. uncle? Yeah. Okay. 314-399-9646. The cool uncle. 314-399-YO-HO. Your question for Uncle Randy next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
for Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. Get your text in right now, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. All right, Matthew Rocchio has your questions for Ask Uncle Randy. Take it away, sir. He says, Dear Uncle Randy, what's wrong with having a little fun at work? I think, talking no- about, I think they're talking about Yoho, by the way. Oh, there's nothing wrong with having a little fun at work. Yoho is fun. Uh, talking about comebacks is fun. I just think fun is fun. I, I enjoy fun. <laughs> you think fun is fun? Yeah. yeah. Well, there, there's people that are offended by the fact that I suggested that Jesus had the greatest comeback of all time. The greatest. How can you argue that? I agree. Uh, dear Uncle Randy, <laughs> better than Tua, and I would have gone oh, with Tua I, I this tried. year. <laughs> you would have, okay. Tua, really? uh, a lot of people didn't think Tua was going to be able to come back from the concussion. Demar Hamlin, good, great, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. He did one of the almost the same thing, except you know it wasn't as long, but still, uh, no, I would, I would go with Tua. On a serious note, Joe Flacco, I feel like is Joe a good Flacco. Cool. I yeah, feel like he, that's a pretty good choice. He rose from Five the couch. Games. He rose from the couch. Yes, there you go. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. <laughs> Dear Uncle Randy, are St. Louis drivers the worst drivers in snow, or is this just every city complaining like this? No, I think that uh, we are are pretty close, because here's the thing. We get snow. We had some last night. We've had some over the last couple of days. We we are in SEC country, okay? So what we are as SEC country, we're like Atlanta. We're like Gainesville. We're like Tuscaloosa. We're like Nashville. Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. If they get snow, they would be horrible drivers. Difference is, they don't get snow. Mm-mm. So, yes, an SEC state that gets <laughs> snow is inherently going to have the worst snow drivers. Yes. To Randy's point, I'll never forget the pictures from Atlanta when they got hit with a snowstorm, and there were cars pulled over on the side of the highway, and you could see grass under the snow. It was Super Bowl week. That's how that's how light the that's how light the snow was that completely shut down Atlanta. There was still grass visible under the snow on different parts of like lawns and Guys, stuff like that. They canceled a hockey game <laughs> because of an ice storm. Hockey is played on. Ice. 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 Who was it that uh, didn't Chipper Jones go out in his? Four-wheeler and yeah, save Freddie. Yeah, it was with Freddie Freeman, correct? And they made a bobblehead out of it, remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, look, marketing. just to defend the South, just a wee bit, <laughs> just a wee bit, okay? So they way, usually... We, we are the South. So. Oh, yes, of course, of course, of course. SEC but days. I'm saying for those other areas where they really can't experience it, they don't have the resources like the salt trucks and stuff like that. They have some, but not as much as you have here. Like, I saw salt coming in. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's we, why. We have the so maybe it's not that they're bad drivers. It's just so. that they don't have you know the salt uh, there. I, I'm going to accept it as a St. Louisan. I'm, I'm going to own it. Yeah, we're we're not great with the bad weather. We, we, we are good in the rain. Let's let's be honest with ourselves. We're not good in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> we're pretty bad in the rain. In fairness, though, the city and the county, for some reason, think that they really need to uh, hold back the paint money mm-hmm. in the budget. Yeah. And so that just makes things tricky. Um, three one four says snow. It just means more. Snow. It just means more. That's good. That's I really good. Like, I really like that one. <laughs> Dear Uncle Randy, my wife and I are going on a straight five away game road trip for the Blues, going through Philly, NYC, and Boston. Any recommendations on must do activities? Philly, NYC, and Boston. Yep. Uh, number one, I-, I would suggest. And by the way, Danny Mac is going to provide you better advice on this than I can. But if you are doing it, uh, I I would suggest during the day, Philly, NYC, and Boston, you go see the historical stuff, right? You you go see the Liberty Bell. You go see, uh, what's where they wrote the 
Constitution and all that stuff. Yeah, that's the other place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for, uh, preser- no, preservation, preser- preservation hall is in, in New Orleans. Uh, it's uh, the hall in. Uh, I you see the Liberty Bell. You can yeah, do yeah, all that. Yeah, uh, Phil, history. Uh, New just York, history. A lot of history. New York is easy, especially if you haven't been there. Just go up and down Times Square. Maybe find a show on Broadway. There's a little right thing right at the top of Times Square called TKTS, where you can get half price Broadway show tickets. I would say go. though, when you're in New York, uh-huh. I mean Broadway for sure, but you have to go see the 9/11 Memorial. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's a must. It's yep. gut wrenching and it's yep. it's history. Yep. You know, I mean, you, you got to go there. Junior's Cheesecake, right? Uh, Got to go there. And then Boston, same thing. Historical. You were thinking Independence Hall. Independence Hall. There <laughs> yeah. you go. Yes. I, then, just, I thought it would come to you, but go I, ahead. I, I stopped thinking about okay. it. Okay. It was giving me a headache. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of uh, cool things. And ju- just go to downtown Boston and you'll. And, mm-hmm. and by the way, uh, Brooke, you were there during the Stanley Cup run. The North End has a great array of restaurants right that you want to go have some italian food i i was so busy yeah i was i was so busy i didn't actually get to eat that much i just had a lot of the food that they provided which i mean they provided great media meals actually the blues did as well but so did boston and they even had a lobster night i would uh i would take the trains too when you're up east if you have the chance to do that train from place to place Mm -hmm. to place it's fun but if you're taking a train to a game don't wear your blues or yeah, be careful. Stuff. Yeah, be a little careful mm. with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I experienced that because I remember after the Stanley Cup run, you just want to go out and celebrate because yeah. we had been so busy leading up to that point, media wise. Obviously, the players too, but just from a media perspective, you finally were like, okay, we can go out and celebrate. Wearing all blue, go out to the streets of Boston, could not get into anything. Have you guys been to the uh, 9/11 memorial? I have. I haven't. It's it's pretty earth. To, it, it is. You know, it's it's. Uh, it's emotional, I think, it when is. you go there. No doubt. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, dear Uncle Randy, <clears throat> excuse me. My family, wife's two sisters, and their families are going to Corpus Christi for spring break. A month before, I am having shoulder surgery. I am nervous about not having a good time on vacation due to recovery. How do I talk to my wife about that? Well, it depends on what you want your alternative to be. Uh, number one, a month depart- uh, away from sur- uh, shoulder surgery, you should feel okay. Are you going to be able to play golf? Probably not. Have you had shoulder surgery? Never. You've had but, knee surgery, right? No, I, I only had heart surgery. And wrist, you had, you know, the, you had the big one. The, uh, the wrist, yeah. You had the wrist. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. No, I've never... Uh, my uh, other joints like that are fine. You're uh, a finely tuned yeah, athlete. Yeah, but people <laughs> that I know that have had shoulder surgery... What they do now, it's so routine that you should be, your rehab should be to a point where it's it's not painful. You should be able to travel uh, away, uh, a month away from the surgery, and a month clear of the surgery. Now, if you don't want to go on said vacation, that's another story altogether. Then you say, man, my shoulder, I don't think I can go on this. I don't think I can do a plane flight. Uh, so that's how you talk to her about it. Yeah, I uh, I would say that you just make sure she's happy. Mm-hmm. And she'll be happy. That's yeah, great cool. advice. Even if you're in a sling, so what? Yeah, spring break trip to Corpus Christi, they'll have fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just turn the kids loose, yep. have fun, and make sure she's happy. Yeah. Because a happy wife is a happy yeah. husband. <laughs> Allegedly. I, I, yes. Allegedly. No. That's no, great Randy's advice. A, Randy's actually right. It's allegedly. <laughs> Dear Uncle Randy, my wife is telling me that I'm already late to take down all of the Christmas lights. I want to leave them up until the end of January, mainly because it's so cold and I don't want to be outside for that long. How do I uh, approach this argument? Well, 
number one, unless she wants to do it, you keep them up until the end of January. But I, my question for her would be, why would you want to diminish joy? The holiday season is joyful and joyous and brings us good tidings and good cheer. Why would you want to eliminate that good cheer? Especially when it's cold and I don't want to go outside and do it. So that, that'd be my play is, hey, let's let's keep it up to the end of January because it makes us happy. We still had ours up last night mm. as I went outside. I took the dogs out. They had to go use the restroom. Mm. Isn't that what you say with a the dog? They have to yeah, go yeah, use yeah, the restroom? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, and, our, and our lights were still on, and I'm like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. I need to get out there and take them down. It's over. We got to move on. Mm-hmm. The holiday season is done. It's time to move over, Randy. And I, I know that and move on and get it done. I know that you are the biggest holiday guy. You love oh, Christmas. You holiday. love Thanksgiving. You love all. It's over. Easter, clearly. It's over. <laughs> I'm not, we're not talking about that anymore, Randy. We turned the page. And so we're done with that. And we're done with the holidays. Okay, but it's here, time let me to move give on. Our, our listener, our texter, uh, some uh, help here. Actually... Tomorrow, 44 degrees. Friday, 46 degrees. If you have the opportunity to get the outdoor stuff done tomorrow Mm -hmm. in the afternoon, go for it. But then if you want to keep it up till January, if you don't have time until the weekend, only a high of 26 on Saturday. Sunday, a high of 15. Monday, a high of 7. Then next week, our high temperature for the whole week is going to be 30. So, yeah, just wait till the end of the month. I feel like you definitely need to do it soon-ish, though, if you still want to have a little bit of joy from the holidays. Mm-hmm. I understand, but you no, should Brooke, probably do it over. soon. It's done. It is it's wrapped over. up. You got it. You should Time get it down on. because it snows even more guys, here soon. I feel like February, it Randy, tends to snow here more. You guys are forgetting the best thing to do is, is right around... You know, you, right when you can start listening to that first spring training baseball game with some earbuds, and that's when you get the ladder out. It's nice 55 and balmy, oh. and that's when you take down that's the lights uh, here. It's about practicality, long. people. Practicality. Might right? as well keep them up for the whole year if you're doing that. I mean, I'm not going to disagree <laughs> with that statement. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, you got a good idea. Yeah, Ron's always kept his tree up because he was lazy. Uh, he admitted that. He, he took off every single ornament except for his Walter Payton ornament. And just had a tree up in the corner, which is pretty cool. Uh, some people, you, you break a leg, break an ankle, and you just can't walk. You, you have to wait till the end of January to do stuff. Like you know, Sometimes that happens, right? So mm-hmm. uh, you can't take your tree down until April or whatever. It happens. So if you have the ability to keep the tree up for a while, unless your wife is ready to take down the outdoor decorations in the zero-degree temperatures, I'd say keep it up. What I say. Thank you, Matthew. That's what you said. Are you ready? <laughs> and thank you very much for your text. That was an interesting Uncle Randy. Well, it's, I, you I, get I, some interesting questions. I want people to uh, <laughs> want people to go through life happy, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, coming up next on 101 ESPN, uh, there was an interesting point made last night on the socials about how people should not purchase the Peacock game on Saturday night because that way the NFL won't stream games anymore. Let me tell you something. You aren't slowing the NFL down. We'll tell you why next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with 
Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills. So celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We, rightfully so, do not like the business of the National Football League. And the National Football League negotiated a deal with NBC to air an exclusive Peacock playoff game tomorrow. The Chiefs game, or on Saturday, rather. The Chiefs game against the Dolphins on Saturday night, 7 o'clock Central Time, is going to be exclusive to NBC's streaming service, Peacock. And people that don't have Peacock, some of them, are up in arms saying, hey, we we shouldn't buy this. Here's the thing, though. The NFL is going to get people to buy it. Peacock already got a bump when the NFL had an exclusive Peacock regular season game during the season. NFL regular season games this year, kids, averaged 17.9 million viewers, tied for the second highest average since they were first tracked in 1995. Second highest NFL viewership since 1995. A 24% increase in two of the five packages. The Monday Night Football package with Joe and Troy. Highest ratings for Monday Night Football since 2000. And here's the kicker. This is, if you're ever at a party and you want to do a party trick, uh, here's, here's a good topic of conversation for you. Of the top 100 television shows in 2023, top 100 television shows in 2023, 93 of them were NFL games. 93 out of 100 of the top TV shows in America last year were NFL games. So the NFL train is not going to be stopped no. under any circumstances. No. no, it's the best reality TV out there. Mm-hmm. There's always constantly something going on. And this is why NFL, and it's, it's just so interesting to watch and captivating because even during the off season there's so much drama that's going on mm-hmm. whether it's off the field or on the field there's constantly so something going on with the NFL there's so many storylines and of course there's less games when you're comparing it to hockey baseball or even NBA something like that and so every single game matters more but even if you look at this past weekend everything that happened Dan I know you talked about it earlier but that Bills and Dolphins game I mean, that is something where when you're watching that, there's so much on the line. And there were several games like that this past weekend where you're 
hooked. And I think fantasy football and gambling has also played a huge role in this of continuing to grow the NFL's infatuation, if you will, with the public. It's massive, and it's not a regional sport. It's a national sport. It's and the national. That in college football. It's the national right. pastime. Yeah. And as much as I love baseball and we call it our national pastime, baseball is now a regional sport. It's it's here in St. Louis in the surrounding states. It's regional. Uh, it's a huge footprint in the country, what the Cardinals get, but it is regional. You know, if you look at what's happening with football and even the college football playoff this weekend uh, or on Monday night did 25 million. Mm-hmm. So it was the highest rated ever. Football is a behemoth, and it's a national product. And the other part that the NFL does so well, to your point, Brooke, is that they put these games in the right spots. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the 415 Eastern window. You got your primetime games. Sunday night football is a great game. Monday night football is a great game. And then eventually you get to the flex part of the schedule. They're mm-hmm. putting the best teams in the proper places for fans to watch. They've done it perfectly. It's a behemoth, and it ain't going anywhere. So we already have... The Thursday night games on Amazon. We have these Peacock games. We know where we're headed. All we need to do is just look at the the breadcrumbs that have been laid out for us. We know where this is all headed. How long is it before we have pay-per-view Super Bowls? I don't think they will do that. Really? I, I don't. I, I, I think it's a great idea, and I know where you're going with this. But I think that you still have to keep the customer in mind for your biggest entity. So everybody's watching, and you might hook in somebody that then becomes a fan for life. And mm-hmm. I, I do think that that's important. You you can't totally go for the all time money grab, which would be NFL on pay. I, I just don't I don't see that happening. I, I really don't. Well, and you kind of already have it have it happen in some ways, just on a smaller scale. Of if you don't have certain streaming services, then maybe you won't be able to see the game you want. If you have completely cut the cord with cable, which we know that that's something that is happening with a lot of viewers now, is a lot of people don't have cable anymore, and it's streaming services that they're turning to. I think you hit it on the head, though, Brooke, and I think you're 100% right. The advent of fantasy football mm-hmm. and gambling. And gambling mm-hmm. now is prevalent and legal in the majority of states around the country. And when you have those two things, I, I'll give you a great example. You know, my kids love fantasy football mm-hmm. and they are teenagers. Now, they're not out gambling, at least God forbid, I hope they're not, but <laughs> you never know. Hopefully I still got a home when I get done with this show. But, you know, they, they love fantasy football and fantasy football drives the bus for a lot of these people to become fans of the National Football mm-hmm. League. Mm-hmm. And that means that people want to tune in. And that's why YouTube experienced a bump with the su- Sunday ticket package, even though you had to spend a bunch of money. YouTube actually experienced a huge bump financially with their acquisition of the the package. The Red Zone packages are still doing really well, both Red on Zone cable is, and on it's TV. phenomenal. Yes, and if you're if you're a fantasy football player, you see every single score. And if you're a gambler, and there's a lot of gamblers out there, as you mentioned, Dan, you are seeing every single score. And I just look at the big event. So last year, 115 million people watched the Super Bowl, 115.1. If you put the Super Bowl on a pay-per-view at 50 bucks and got 100 million people to buy it, that'd be $5 billion. Wow. If you're the NFL, don't you take a shot? Again, though, I I don't think you want to upset your customer. Like, you're money-grabbing on a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. You are. I mean, if you're putting, for instance, a game exclusively on Peacock, you're going to upset a lot of people. You are. You are. You're going to upset a lot of people. There are older folks that don't know how to get it. You're going to have younger folks that say, I'm not going to do this. You're going to have other people that say, I'm not signing up for a 30-day free trial to go get this. Mm -hmm. I want it to be on CBS, NBC, Fox, or ESPN, or ABC. I agree with that, but I think in five years, 
for example, baseball in five years, we aren't going to every single baseball game in five years, every single regular season baseball game is going to be streamed. A hundred percent. Do you think that all when you're talking about baseball and all these other leagues, do you think that they're looking at the NFL? Because I feel like the NFL has done such a great job of just really getting people used to streaming mm-hmm. and where you're having more of that viewership. I'd be curious what the average age is that is watching the NFL. If there is like a peak there of that age range, because all the other leagues, they want that. They want we know that everything is going to streaming. To your point, Brooke, the average MLS fan is 40 years old. All right. So for every 50-year-old fan, there's a 30-year-old fan that's watching. The average NFL fan is 50, but they're finding their way. And I and thought, that, that, is it really 50? I would yeah. even think it'd be younger. Yeah, I would, I would think yeah. it'd be younger, too. Interesting. Well, they've got everybody. They've got everybody. Yeah. That's the thing. Is And baseball is 57. Yeah. But I just, I think that because of streaming, I think it'll become, become so second nature. We're going to be so used as a society to paying for whatever we consume. That I I don't think that selling a pay per view package for the Super Bowl is out of the realm of possibility. Simply because we already have to we we're paying for Netflix, we're paying for Peacock, we're paying for for YouTube TV, we're paying for content already. Some people are paying for Sirius XM Radio. This is free though. It does get a little greedy though, right? It, it like does. at, at yeah. a certain point, but it does it, get a little greedy. But it'll also I think on the consumer's part become the expectation. The consumption of sports now. It's it's going to be fascinating, to your point, Randy, in, I'll give it 10 years. So let's take the 15 to 17-year-old right now that's very, uh, very good on their phones. They understand mm-hmm. social media. They understand everything about it. I don't care if you're talking about Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, uh, obviously uh, Instagram. And their consumption of games is highlights. It's not sitting down and watching a three, mm-hmm. three and a half hour baseball game, football game, any of it. It's just going through it very quickly. And I think that's going to be interesting to see how that younger generation gravitates towards, am I going to sit down and watch a full football game? It's going to have to become yeah. an event. It's it's kind of like when you go to the ballpark and some people just don't want to sit in their seats. Mm-hmm. They want to go to an area that's got the bar, the restaurant. I can stand. I'm at a uh, table with four of my buddies and hanging around and, and mm-hmm. having a good time. I, I wonder if that's where we're going with the TV experience we as are. well. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah. kind of like how you see all these new stadiums, whether it's the NFL, the Titans building, you know, a billion dollar stadium that they're made. They're adding all these like cool elements in there. Right. To keep people or even get them in the door at this point. Mm-hmm. But when it comes from a TV standpoint, I still think the NFL is just one of the most exciting things to watch. And that is the question, though, with that younger generation, will they still be able to sit through it? I think another thing, the NFL, and this is just kind of another bigger picture thing, also Madden. If you look at the video games, that's how they're also able to get all these age ranges involved, because at all levels, I mean, that's a younger generation. What do they like to play? Yeah. Yeah. They like to play video games and they love to play Madden. And so the NFL has done such a good job of branding and hitting all those age ranges that I'm sure every other professional sports league is looking at that model and saying, how do we at least get a piece of that, what they're able to accomplish? One other note, by the way, about TV, there was supposed to be hearing today regarding Bally and the three teams that are kind of on the fence in terms in terms of getting their money from Bally. Guardians, Rangers, Twins. Well, that hearing Pushed that has, back, didn't they? Pardon me? Didn't they push that back? Yeah, to the 20th. It yeah. was supposed to be today. Now it's going to be on the 20th. One of the reasons the Rangers haven't got out and signed pitching is because they don't know where if they're going to have money for this year. Guardians, Twins. One of the reasons that the Twins didn't make a, an offer for Sonny Gray, he expected to be there. But mm-hmm. 
They didn't know if they were going to have a TV deal. Baseball wants Bally to guarantee that they're going to be there for the whole season. And to this point, Bally has not made that guarantee. The speculation here is that the two sides are closing in on a deal and will be able to avoid the court case. So give them 10 days to negotiate, and Minnesota, Cleveland, Texas would know, in addition to the Cardinals and many other franchises, they would have 12, Bally would have 12 MLB franchises, they would know exactly how much money they're going to get for the 2024 season. It's a real thing. Mm -hmm. It's a real thing. When you have that guaranteed check of millions of dollars, in, in some cases hundreds of millions of dollars coming your way, well, that's a chunk of your business that you know is coming in, which allows you then to make your budget. And if you don't have that, you're, you're kind of you're left with your hands out and saying, what are we going to do? And I know there are fallback plans. I know that Major League Baseball could take it over. And I know these teams have been planning for this for quite some time. But still, when it hits, it hits. And you don't have that inventory sold on the day that it hits. You've got to sell it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're Major League Baseball, you don't all of a sudden have... If you're the Cardinals side of things, granted, Bally has Jack in the Box sold. If you're Major League Baseball, do you have Jack in the Box sold to your own network? You don't, so it's going to take some time. Brooke, Dan, Randy, Matthew, and coming up next year on 101 ESPN, you need to get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. Thanks, Dan. Let's try it again. 314-399-9646, Take it or leave it next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Text in now for Tioli Kids. I don't know if you saw last night, but Miami Heat head coach Eric Spolstra agreed to an eight-year, $120 million contract, making him the highest-paid coach in American sports history. Take it or leave it, when Jim Harbaugh signs with an NFL team, he'll make more. Mm. Make more than that? I'm going to leave that. I'm going to have to leave that, too. I think he's going to make more. Really? How about Eric Spolstra going from a video coordinator to now signing (laughs) an eight-year, $120 million deal? That's awesome. It's incredible. Yeah. I I still can't get over that. That's just absolutely crazy. How many is that a year? What's the AAV? I'm not a math guy. Well, 120 divided by 8. 15? Is it 15? 15, 30? 15, 30, 45, 60, 75, 90. Yeah, you're right around there. 15, 30, 60. 120, yeah. Yeah, 15 million a year. Yeah, Harbaugh will eclipse that. We'll see. Take it or leave it, guys. And I'm going to put you on the spot because I know we discussed it a little bit, but now I want to see where everybody stands in the room. Take okay. it or leave it. The Titans made a mistake firing Mike Vrabel. Leave it. I'm going to leave that. Here's why. They spent a premium draft pick on Malik Willis. He didn't advance, didn't get better, and spent a number one pick this year on Will Levis. Where was it a number two? Number two on, on Levis, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've spent premium picks on draft picks and Marcus Mariotto, and they haven't gotten anything for it. I believe that they need a more offensively inclined head coach because as good a job as Mike Vrabel did, 
he is playing 1985 football and it just doesn't work anymore. Yes, you need more of an offensive-minded mm-hmm. coach. And once again, I understand very well liked, but at the same time, I feel like you have to have a different vision moving forward. And that seems what the, that's what they're doing over there. Yeah. By the way, it was 15 per for Eric Spolstra. Oh, very nice. Look at you. <laughs> nice. Woo. Okay. Matt uh, genius. I'm going to stay on the NBA front here. Okay. Think about this here. LeBron James just turned 39. Some of the current players were just born when he entered the league, and uh, it's incredible. It's right? amazing. I mean, so 03, right? 13, 20. Yes. 21 years ago. Yes. In his 21st season, he's averaging 25 points, 7 boards, 7 assists per game. He's shooting 54% from the field. No player has ever averaged at least 25 a game past the age of 36. Again, he's 39. He's going to reach 40,000 points later this season. No active player is at least at uh, 30,000. Let me put it in perspective. I did these numbers. This is my Viani math. If Luka Donich averaged 28 a game, he wouldn't reach 40,000 until the year 2038. Oh, man. Take it or leave it. We aren't appreciating what we're seeing and continuing to see from LeBron James. Yeah, I'll take that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. No one's talking about it, though. Yeah. 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 It's incredible. I mean, what he's doing at this age of 39 is is remarkable. This was the uh, date of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar got 34,000 points in this date in sports history. And this guy's going to have 40,000 points by the end of this year. Amazing. That, to me, wow. is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was on a show a couple weeks ago that we were doing an extra show uh, in Tim's Hour, and I, I brought up that the biggest moment of the year was obviously LeBron James becoming the all-time scoring leader in the NBA. And we got multiple responses of people just go, I didn't even think that was a big moment. It's like, then you're not paying attention to the fact that you just got to watch one of the greatest people to ever play a sport's entire career, and you're still watching him do incredible things, and you're just choosing to ignore it. And that's... Well, I I watched, you I was problem, watching LeBron last night, and I just thought, how, where is he right now? What, what is going on? And I, I just don't think that we're taking enough time to appreciate what he's done, whether or not you like him, but he's an amazing mm-hmm. basketball player. Yeah. All right, what do we got on the text line there, Matthew? Uh, take it or leave it, not to sound like an old fart, but the age of TikTok has caused these attention span issues we're seeing with the younger generation. Not just TikTok, but social media in general, I would say that has been a big part of it. I'll take it because I do agree, and I think social media in general does play a big part, but I think, Dan, you and I were talking about this in between the breaks, but I feel like a lot of kids now, the way that they consume things, the younger generation, it's just very quick, short videos, and some, you know, want to watch YouTube videos and stuff like that as well, but they aren't sitting through two, three hours of a game. Oh, I yeah, I I don't think they do, and I think the majority of them, if they're a sports fan, they're taking it in on Instagram. You get your highlights, that's how you take it in, or you go back and watch the condensed version of the game, that's mm-hmm. how they take it in, and they just move on. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna leave it only because this isn't a problem with young people. Like this is there are forty five year olds who will sit there and scroll on TikTok for five hours. There are fifty yeah. like there it's it's an like it's an su- epidemic surprise, everyone's <laughs> obsessed with their phone. Because it's better than talking to people, but it's been like that for a very long time. That's not that's not like a new generational thing, I don't yeah. think so. And Vine preceded TikTok, yep, right? Too. And you had yes. those short videos. The average human has an attention span of 8.25 seconds, according to recent studies. 4.25 seconds less than 2,000. Yikes. My thing is, like, they, there used to be strategies on how, like, to keep your eyes moving through a newspaper and never, and never get bored. Like, it's just different mediums. Uh, always News adjusting paper. to the fact that you have What's a short that? attention. It's like span. an ancient relic now. My, but my point <laughs> is, is, it, is it's not a new thing for this new generation. It's, it's every generation has the thing that they can't get their nose out of. Uh, take it or leave it. Both the Chiefs and Eagles are done after this weekend. Take it. 
Chiefs aren't going to lose the cloud. I'm going to leave it. Yeah, I was yeah, like, wait a minute. That. They're playing bad enough, too, but uh, it's yeah, that's not going to happen. I think the Eagles win, too. Really? I, I keep buying into them, and I keep getting burned for my friends, but... Mm. Um, you know, I do some work for my friends, mm-hmm. and uh, I keep getting burned <laughs> by the Eagles, but I'm going back with them. Fly, Eagles, fly. All right. Their defense is a mess, and their offensive line is a mess. Their coach mm-hmm. is a mess right now. Yeah, he's Sirianni, kind of messed up. Yeah. yeah. They got yeah. some issues. Matt Patricia, all of a sudden, that's just... <laughs> it's Pashaw. not gone well. Take it or leave it. Jimmy Snuggerud will make Jordan Cairo expendable. Leave oh, it. Leave that. I'm going to leave that. Yeah. I did find it interesting yesterday, and we haven't talked about this, but the Blues did extend Nathan Walker. They mm-hmm. dub. And what it told me is that it gave them a little fourth, uh, fourth line clarity. You got Sunquist, you got Torpchenko, you got Walker. So if, if these young kids come up, they're not going to a fourth line, which mm-hmm. is the way that normally it would happen. You'd have a young kid come up, goes to the fourth, like Jake Neighbors yes. doing that. Yep. You start a fourth line, you graduate there, you go to third, second, first, whatever. But if they have the fourth line and they've got clarity with that and certainty with it, these kids come up, they're going to play on a, a third or a second line. Well, right. and Doug Armstrong mentioned how he's looking forward to seeing Robert Thomas and Jimmy Snuggerud working together. So yeah. the fact that he even mm-hmm. said that here recently, I think, tells you a lot about where they view Jimmy. Jimmy. Snuggy. Love Matthew. Oh, sorry. I'm reading reactions to our LeBron uh, take. Oh, let's stay focused, Matthew. 8.25 seconds. I can't do it. Point. See? 8.25. You see, you were talking about people and their um, focus, Rock, and then I'm not saying happens. I have good focus. <laughs> I'm saying I'm an average person. Therefore, my focus is terrible. 8.25 seconds. And, it, and, whether, and, and whether it's a piece of paper or a phone, I get distracted extremely mm-hmm. easily. Uh, take it or leave it. Rick Pitino's, by the way, 8.25 seconds approximately. Go ahead, Matthew. Pasta Prematura. Uh, think it or, <laughs> take it or leave it. Everyone, everyone in St. Louis should be rooting for the Detroit Lions this weekend. We've got a couple St. Louis guys, and we can beat the evil Cronkies. Poor Ooh. Sam Laporta. Yes, I agree. I, Jack Fox, yes. their punter, is great. And, of course, I don't know if Jamison Williams, he was injured last week. I don't know if he'll be in there either. But the, uh, the three St. Louis guys. What's the uh, status with Laporta? He injured his knee, and right. I don't know if they've ruled him out or not yet. They're still considering him day-to-day, but... Yeah. So it's yes. still day to day. So mm-hmm. I'm looking right now at CBS Sports, uh, quote unquote, outside shot for Sam Laporta. Jameson Williams expected to play. There we go. You got Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit. You got Jared Goff facing his former team. There's a lot of storylines in that game. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Matthew Stafford's wife is angry because Lions, some Lions fans on social media are putting together a uh, don't wear your Matthew Stafford to the game uh, group. And she's mad because. People don't want to wear Matthew Stafford's jersey. People don't want to want Lions fans to support Matthew Stafford, the Rams quarterback. <laughs> She's very vocal. I was going to say certain things. Yeah, come yeah. on. <laughs> the question is, do Matthew Stafford's receivers want him to want to wear his jersey? I think that's, that's the real question. question. And another point to be made here is that I think she made it pretty clear that Michigan was like communist or something when she was there. So why why does she care what they think? I did not hear that one. Uh, she said that? Oh, wow. Yeah, I think she, so. Dan, you're right. Wait, she what? is very vocal. <laughs> very vocal. <laughs> wait, what to say the least. Going in when waters she, you don't want to deal with. Yeah. yeah. Can you say this again? What about, wait. Uh, let's see. Are you Googling this? I, I don't really know what to Google. It was, oh, uh, here you go. She called uh, him yeah. Michigan? Then she apologized. Yeah, she, uh, oh, oh, she yeah, apologized for I calling forgot. Michigan's dictatorship uh, uh, Michigan a dictatorship. Yeah. Oh, a few years wow. Ago. I like to forget that that year happened. Yeah. Uh, take it or leave it. If it's going to be Nadub, that means it's got to be J-Dub. Jordan Walker. 
Oh, yeah. I've already yeah, got that. That's established. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. J-Dub. No doubt about it. Uh, Danny Mac, your thoughts on J-Dub for Jordan sure. Walker? Sure. Sounds great. Oh, that's not. That no. Was, no, I. That I, was ringing. He always, whenever I would text in during the games, he would always fit that nickname in there. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd always fit in whatever word you sent to me. <laughs> like, oh, no. My all-time favorite. What did I do? Uh, when uh, who was Alexei? Uh, the Alexei that played shortstop for the uh, Alexei. Padres. Alexei uh, Ramirez. Yeah, but I had you steal the hawk, the Harrelson. Oh yeah, yeah, he yeah. Alexei. Yeah, Alexei. It was fun. I would do that. Mm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. My favorite uh, thing ever is when Randy tried to um, stick uh, big game Gibby Jim. No, and big game Gibby Jim. Gibby, yeah, Gibby Jim <laughs> to really just completely just mess with everyone's head and forever screw up that poor kid's name. Big game, big game, game Gibby, Gibby Jim. Jim. Kind of like big game Timmy Jim. And you're talking about Gibson Jimerson. Jimerson. Gibson. Yeah, yes. Gibby Jimmy. Yeah. Big game Gibby. I, I tried to get Dan to do that. Yeah, I got it. And I, I still because I it. couldn't do it. <laughs> it was a tongue twister. It was me. But I didn't try. I just couldn't get it out. You know. I've been working on that one for a while. Now his career's almost over. It's called pretty much. It is. He's on his what eighth year at SLU? Yeah, eighth year senior. Yeah, Billikens take on St. Joseph's tonight at Chaffetz Arena. Oh yeah, let's do it. There should be every record shattered in football, basketball, baseball scoring records because of COVID. Oh yeah, because all these kids are Mm six-year seniors. I know. Bowdenix played sixty-one games in college as a starter. There Uh, was uh, what nine six-year players on Washington's team on Monday night. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and college has always been the seven-year plan anyway. Why don't we just get with the program? Just let them do it. <laughs> the players' COVID year, yeah. red shirt. Yes, yeah. you have all that Let's going on. <laughs> uh, thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Coming up next year on 101 ESPN, our friend Derek Gould from uh, the Post-Dispatch and STLToday.com made a point about how important left-handed hitting is. But do the Cardinals need to keep all of theirs? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I cannot stress enough the need for left-handed presence in today's game. It's just, you can go, like the average OPS during a season compared to the average OPS for right-handed bats in in, um, in October, it, it drops significantly. But left-handed bats stay the same, and that stands out in the postseason. Left-handed bats, just over and over again, you see that value. And the Cardinals have that sprinkled into their lineup. It's not going to be like the thunder of Schwarber. Um, It's more going to be the OBP of Donovan and the OPS of um, Newbar and the slug of Gorman. But they got it. That's our friend Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch and STLToday.com. By the way, the Baseball Writers' Dinner, Sunday night at the MAC. The 2004 Cardinals will be honored. Tony La Russa will be honored with the Red Medal. And uh, some of the young Cardinals will be on hand. And you can get tickets. Just Google St. Louis BBWAA. And when you look at what the Dodgers tried to do, the Dodgers have made it a real point to get left-handed pop for the postseason when they signed Freddie Freeman. Granted, they let Corey Seager get away, but they got the big fish in the best left-handed slugger in the game in Shohei Otani. They're trying to do that. Uh, Clearly, when you look at Philadelphia with Harper and Schwarber, they're trying to accomplish that. It is important, no doubt, to have left-handed hitting. And it appears pretty certain now that the Cardinals are going to keep Nolan Gorman. But are the Cardinals left-handed hitters good enough 
to stand up to teams like the Dodgers, Braves, Phillies. Gorman, last year, led Cardinal left-handed hitters in OPS at 8.05. Donovan was at 7.87. He was diminished, clearly, mm-hmm. by the injuries. Newt Barr was at 7.84. You hope he gets better. Edmund, a switch hitter, not great uh, from the left side. And then... Uh, Alec Burleson is there, and they have Davis on the way, their first-round draft choice from last year. So the question is, when Derek talks about left-handed hitting being so important, is this left-handed hitting good enough to get the Cardinals to the postseason? Well, I think having a left-handed power bat is always important. So to Gould's point, I completely understand that. And Randy, I know that you and I have talked about this a lot, but Dylan Cease is still floating out there. And it has felt like the Cardinals just need that last little missing piece, which could be Cease, for their starting rotation. But from what we've seen with the trade rumors with the White Sox, they're asking for a lot. Mm-hmm. So then I'm not surprised with the Cardinals when you hear, of course, the White Sox are going to be asking for a Nolan Gorman and they're going to be asking for some other of your top 100 prospects. And that's a lot to give up. They want quantity and quality for Dylan Cease. So it's what you personally, what you guys think personally is more valuable. Is it young, controllable, top of the line pitching or is it having a homegrown slugger, essentially? When is the last time the Cardinals have had or developed a real slugger? Well, I'd say Nolan Gorman is the one right now. Mm-hmm. Probably Jordan Walker would be that guy. Uh, homegrown sluggers. I'd say Alan Craig was a pretty good slugger at one mm-hmm. point. You know, he yep. hit, what, uh, runners in scoring position. That team hit 330 that one year. Yeah. And he was around like 380 RBIs. or something yeah. like that. Depends how, you know, you want to define a slugger, at least in my mind, and to me, it's about driving in runs and being able to. Now it's with OPS and and whatnot. I, you know, thinking about what Derek had to say, the bottom line for me is you got to keep these guys healthy. And the reason I say that is that they those three missed 139 games in season days because of injuries, and they were only in the same starting lineup 46 times. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. They averaged nearly a run more when those three were facing right-handed pitching and in the lineup at the same time. Right-handers account for nearly 70% of the starts in Major League Baseball. So if you can counter with good left-handed bats, then you have a chance to win. Lars Dupar has missed a lot of time the last two years. He's got to stay healthy and stay on the field. Nolan Gorman slugged 477 last year, 23 home runs. I I think that easily you could look at him having a 30-home run season if he plays a full season. Brendan Donovan, his on-base percentage career against right-handed pitching is 381. So you put that combination together, and it tells you if they stay healthy, and we're not talking about Otani, we're not talking about Schwarber, mm-hmm. we're not talking about these big power names, but that combination of the three could really be a, a, a thump in the middle of that lineup for the St. Louis Cardinals. And they need Walker to ascend to what they think he can be. And specific to 2024, they need Arenado and Goldschmidt to yes. either maintain or be better than they were last year. A hundred percent. It's the injuries, to your point, Dan, that have just been the biggest issue. And when you were talking about everything just falling apart last season, one, we saw early in the season starting pitching fall apart. And then you saw the you had the players, you had the injuries, you had infielders in the outfield. There were so many different things going on. But keeping Nolan Gorman healthy and keeping Lars Newbar healthy, and especially, too, we saw an offensive drop-off when Brendan Donovan exited a little bit later on in the season, too. Keeping those guys healthy is really important. And so it goes back to the question with Nolan Gorman and his value in keeping him around. Not just that, but also he's 23 years old. I think there's a lot of upside, but the back is concerning. When we've discussed the trades, possibilities with 
with Dylan Cease or anybody else. Of course, Nolan Gorman, I feel like, is somebody that would be the center of that trade if you were going to, mm-hmm. w- going to get a Cease. The back issues is what's concerning. Is that oh, something that you said that? Oh, about a week back. Hey, hey, <laughs> Thank you. Well done. Brooke. You see, now, now Keep it going, is. Brooke. Don't, yes, don't go. pay attention oh, to that stuff. Gosh. Yeah. With Nolan Gorman, <laughs> Easy, man. the back issues, as you mentioned there, is there anything that gives you pause with that where you're worried about where we could have almost a Dylan Carlson situation? Look at how quickly he followed out of favor with the Cardinals. I think if you're 23 and you got a bad back, I'd be worried about mm-hmm. that. I mean, I, I think that's a natural cause of concern if I'm the Cardinals. You, you talked about Brendan Donovan. The Cardinals need him every day. Mm-hmm. And if you looked at what the team did with runners in scoring position last year, they were awful. And he was 70% above the league average. Cardinals were 19th and run scored. So he, he's a guy that gives you the tough at bat. He works counts. He gets on base. I just don't think that when you look at the struggles of last year and you can talk about the lack of starting pitching, the bullpen issues, still this team was 19th and run scored. And I think a big, big reason why is Brendan Donovan was not in that lineup. And mm-hmm. if the Cardinals take advantage of the rules as they are in 2024, you would hope that they could get somebody that could steal a base at the top of the lineup. Then Brendan Donovan is perfect as a number two hitter. And then you hit Goldie three, maybe Gorman four on RNRO five. I think it'd be interesting. But you could have a pretty long lineup. I'm with you though, Randy. I, if the team is going to go anywhere, Goldschmidt and Arenado have to be Goldschmidt and Arenado. Yeah. That's number one. And then you can talk about all the left-handed stuff, and you can talk about that uh, Walker needs to emerge, and hopefully Gorman has a good back and all that stuff. Your two big guys have got to be the two big guys. And right now, Goldschmidt is 36 years old. The underlying metrics weren't very good, and the question will be his age, and he'll be a free agent after the season. Mm-hmm. You know that that's something that you have to consider moving forward. Is where are you right now with Paul Goldschmidt? Mm-hmm. And we also don't know when Victor Scott will make his debut, but I would imagine that when Victor Scott shows up, he'll be at the top of the lineup. And hopefully he'll be stealing bases. And also another layer to this, as we found out recently, Tommy Edmond. Hopefully he will be there saying that he will be ready to go for the season. But then you wonder and you hope that that's not going to be a lingering issue for him this season. And if it is, does that open the door for Dylan Carlson to be a comeback player who was third in National League Rookie of the Year voting in 2021? The center field position last year for the Cardinals was not very good. They combined to hit 200, whether mm-hmm. it was Tommy Edmond, Dylan Carlson, whomever you want to put out there. Edmond hit 185 as a center fielder. And I bring that up because I wondered if his defense carried over to his offense. The demands of center field can take a toll. And that's something you have to keep in mind is Tommy Edmond could be your everyday center fielder. That's today's Fresh Take here on 101 ESPN. Next up, we're going to talk some blues hockey with our buddy Jamie Rivers, blues analyst on Bally Sports and, of course, co-host of the Fastlane here on 101 ESPN. Jamie is next. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Brooke Grimsley, Danny Mack, Randy Carricker, the opening drive, 101 ESPN, Jamie Rivers, our colleague here at 101 ESPN, co-host of The Fast Lane from 2 to 6, and also Blues Analyst on Bally Sports, joins us. Uh, Rivs, good morning. How you doing? Oh, good, guys. How you doing? We're doing great. 
Let's let's start with this. Uh, did last night and the result of last night's Blues Panthers game was that at all a surprise with the way the Panthers were going? Uh, no, not really. I mean, they haven't lost since they played the Blues in Florida. I mean, that was the last time they lost was when the Blues were down there uh, and beat them, and they've been on a tear ever since. And Matthew Kachuk, I mean. He's been on a tear before last night's game, and then last night he puts up three goals, and he's obviously a huge difference maker. That team, that Florida Panthers team, they're built for playoffs, man. Watching those guys play, they're big, they're fast. They get to the net every single time they cross the blue line. Pucks and bodies are at the net. They they defend very well. They've got good goaltending. They're going to be a they're going to be another team. Like this is going to be another year where they're competing for the Stanley Cup. And Matthew Kachuk, the St. Louis native, obviously being a big part of that, right? Oh yeah, he's he's the driving force of that team. Even though Barkov's the captain, and, and and you know they've got some good leadership and some veteran guys over there. Like even last year, his first year with the team, you know the the impact that he had on the Florida Panthers. He, each and every guy talks about it, including the coaching staff. The coaching staff yesterday down at the ring just talking about how you know Matthew came in and immediately became the leader of the group without like without kicking the doors open and being like, Hey, I'm here just quietly doing his job and and working hard and being a great teammate and treating people very well around the rink and everything. He just, he became the guy that the players looked up to and that followed and how he plays, you know, kind of drove the team last year to whatever success they had, getting all the way to the Stanley Cup final. Hey, Ribs, you guys had Doug Armstrong on the uh, telecast last night. For fans that maybe didn't see it or didn't hear anything about it, was there anything that stood out in your visit with uh, you and John and, and Doug that uh, maybe you can relate to fans? Uh, just that uh, he believes there's a, one guy in particular, one prospect that – he thinks he's going to make an impact earlier than anybody thought, and that's Jimmy Snuggerud. You know, and Danny, you know this, and Randy and, and Brooke, that usually there's a, a bit of a formula to these players that get drafted. It, it, if you're not a top-five pick, usually you're not going right to the NHL. Usually it's a year or two down the road, and you got a little stint in the minors. you got to figure out the pro game and then work your way up to the NHL and, and kind of bide your time and – but he, you know, Army feels like Jimmy Snuggeru might be ready for NHL action the moment he signs a contract. Now, time will, you know, will dictate how that goes, and, and the player certainly has a lot to do with that. If he comes up here and plays well, then you know it's it's time for him to play here. But you know, we'll see. But that surprised me because Army usually doesn't tip his hat like that. You, Army usually slow plays his hand on purpose just so people's expectations don't get you know, too high, too quickly. But he was pretty blunt about the fact that he's Jimmy Snugger who's going to be here real soon. Yeah, I, I was really not taken aback by it. I was um, excited for Blues fans to hear about a young prospect like that. And I was kind of reading between the lines when they signed Nathan Walker to a two-year one-way deal is that then you have clarity for the most part on your fourth line. And if Snuggerud comes up, you know what? He's not going to go fourth to third to second to first. You're talking about a guy being maybe, you know, inserted into a lineup and being a third or second line guy. Yeah, I think that's important. I think once you establish, you know, what the bottom of your forward group looks like, then you can start to grab these young players and put them in positions to succeed. And that's the one thing that 
I'll go back even to when I played that always irritated me was goal scorers coming out of junior college that are putting up big numbers and then they get called up to the NHL and they're played on a fourth line or they're played five or six minutes a game. It's like, what what are we doing here? You know, their talents are not on the forecheck. Their talents aren't bashing people's bodies into the wall. Their talents are scoring goals, but you can't do it when you're sitting on the bench. So I like the idea of establishing you know, who your role players are going to be, where they slot in. And then when you got young talent, whether it's Snuggerud or Dvorsky or whoever else comes up the pipeline at Bull Duke, you know, they get an opportunity to play in your top nine and maybe even an opportunity to play on a power play. Okay, Rivs, uh, I want to change the subject a little bit. My co-hosts here have been all over me this morning because I've been talking about the greatest comebacks of all time. It's comeback player of the year time in the NFL, so people are talking DeMar Hamlin, great comeback. Joe Flacco, great comeback. For people that aren't aware of it, Jamie Rivers, when he was playing in Russia, suffered a ruptured spleen, literally died on the operating table and had to be defibrillated back to life. What was that like? What was it like to die and then be brought back to life? Well, Randy, um, you know, it was, uh, it was unique. I'll tell you that much. You know, we, the story, you know, it's hard to tell the story sometimes because you don't have a lot of time to tell it. And I think as the years go by, I remember smaller details more so than when it happened, but yeah, it was, it was interesting because when I, when I came back to life, um, you know, I was laying there with, so my abdomen was still cut open and people were like walking around doing things like they had just left me there to, you know, to be deceased. And they didn't, they didn't know that uh, I wasn't ready to go yet. And uh, so I remember that being kind of horrified at like, why am I laying here with my abdomen cut wide open? And, and it was a tough road from there because the next time I woke up was in intensive care. And at that point, you know, you're battling. Mm-hmm. You talk about battling through life and battling through things like I was battling for my life. It was a horrible experience, um, to say the least. Because did you, ever, did you see there. the white light? We we always we, we read about and, and see in movies the white light. Did you see the white light? No, I, I I can't say that I did. I always I joke around sometimes when I have a few cocktails with some people and. I'll make up a story that's not true just to get them going a little bit. It's great for radio. Um, you know, you know like I'll make up some crazy story that I'm like, man, you have no idea. They are partying on the other side, man. It is awesome. Well, so, first of all, we're glad you're here. We're, we're thrilled that you're here. I just, uh, I, I think when we talk about comebacks, I, the, when you have to battle like that, that must be one of the most proud things that you've done to, to engage in that physical battle and win it. Yeah, it was wild, man. It was a physical battle, and then obviously there was a, a massive mental battle that went along with it. Because once you know, once I figured out that I was still going to be around, um, you got to figure out now what what you're doing with your life and, and how things have changed. And and there's a whole there was it was a struggle there for a while. I'm not going to lie, but you know, you figure it out with people or good people around you. You figure out where the pieces are going to go, and, and you work hard to try to reestablish yourself and, and kind of move on. And you know, it, everything's still a work in progress, but uh, I'm feeling pretty good about things well, right now. And you should. And we're thrilled that you're here. Just one thing in the, in a minute or so. We're thrilled you're alive, yeah. Jamie. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I would imagine that you you can really relate to Demar Hamlin then. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, um, you know, watching these things happen. 
now, like you, you know, Randy, I was there for the Chris Pronger thing in Detroit, and then I was there for Yuri Fisher collapsing on the bench in Detroit. I was his teammate at the time, and then watching Demar Hamlin, you know, following my injury, you you're very, I don't know, it kind of hits home, and you understand what the athlete is going through, and you you understand that the the steps that that athlete's taking, just as a human being, just to get through everyday life to try and figure out where you're going to be and, and just the struggles that are there. Yeah, it hits home. It absolutely does. Every time I see anything like that, uh, I, I'd be lying if I said it didn't like jar me a little bit. Yeah, well, we're thrilled that you're with us. Uh, so I guess tomorrow night, end of the end of the day, tomorrow night's game against the Rangers is not necessarily a must win. Uh, well, no, it's not a must win for the Blues. but. Like to. You, you really can't lose games in the NHL these days. I mean, gone are the days of, ah, we went through a four or five game slump and we figured it out. No, you can't do that anymore. Teams just keep winning around you. And if you lose too many, then you're you're out of the dance. And I think for the Blues, they have to get right back into the win column against the Rangers and, and pick up points, man, because the Oilers are going, the Kraken are going, Nashville's still hanging around, the Coyotes are hanging around. Like, There's a lot of teams that are in the hunt for those wild card spots. Absolutely. Jamie, you're my comeback player of every year. <laughs> Thanks, Randy. I appreciate that. All right, brother. Thanks for the time. We appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. You got it, man. Thank you. See you later. The great Jamie Rivers with us on 101 ESPN. I was going to ask him about Verona, but then I felt like there was yeah, not a good segue not after, after that, after after that whole dying. story of coming back to <laughs> yeah. life. So yeah. <laughs> we'll get it from him later. And what a battery, because he's in Russia. Can you imagine having the ruptured spleen and he was in severe pain for several days and then goes to the doctor in Russia? And wow. that all happened on, a, on an operating table there. I've talked to him a, a lot of times about his experience there. He was basically living at the rink and yeah. he wasn't sure when he would get paid if he'd actually find his money. So there was people around the club that would take money mm-hmm. from these players. So he would try to get everything in cash and stash it. He said it was just crazy. You know, wow. he, he was basically living in like the janitor's room mm-hmm. in the of the rink he was playing at in Russia. Man. We need a Jamie Rivers movie. No, oh, man. We, we need to will. just bring him in for an hour sometime. Yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be mm-hmm. great. Uh, coming up next, we've got the fight. Do you need a fighter there, Matthew? Yes. Okay, let's text in. 314-399-9646. Yo! Oh, thanks, Dan. Uh, that's the Air Comfort Service text <laughs> no line. problem. 314-399. Yo-ho! No. Okay. No, text in your name and no. the word fight. And we'll get you one day, Dan. Three nine 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 six four six. That's all you got to say. Three nine nine yoho. Your name and the word fight. Maybe Matthew will pick you to fight me next on one hundred and one ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on one hundred and one ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. In the red corner, average Joe listener, and in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Welcome back to the opening drive. Brooke Grimsley here alongside Ray character Danny Mack, and Matthew Rocchio. And it is now time for the fight. And we welcome in our fighter and challenger today. Stepping up to the plate, it is Kevin. Kevin, how are you doing this morning? Morning, Brooke. I'm doing fine. You ready to take on Randy in the fight today? Absolutely. How are you feeling? Confident? 
Oh, 100%. I like this. I like this energy, Danny. I do, too. Don't Let's go. Like Let's make right. it happen. Let's take down Randy. He's got like 87 <laughs> in a row or something like that. We got to put it into this, Kevin. It's 19. 19 in a row right now. 20 right okay. now. Yeah, I want wow. Randy tested for steroids. <laughs> I love that. All right. We'll go ahead and get started with question number one, Kevin. Who is the Cardinals' all-time home run hitter from the centerfield spot? Is it Ray Lankford, Jim Edmonds, or Chick Hafey? Ray Langford. Final answer? Yes. Question two. All-time coaching wins leader at Illinois, Lou Henson, also leads another D1 school in wins in addition to taking them to a Final Four. Which school was it? New Mexico State, Indiana, UCLA. The first one. New Mexico State. Correct. Okay. Final answer. Which pair of Blues goalies split the Vesna Trophy? Is it Curtis Joseph and Vincent Riendo, Yaroslav Halak and Brian Elliott, or Glenn Hall and Jacques Plante? Uh, Elliott, the second one. Okay, and question four. Speaking of Blues goalies, this Blues goalie shares a unique record of one of only two players in league history to be named to two different all-rookie teams, doing so across a three-year stretch. Was it Jordan Bennington, Mike Liute, or Jake Allen? Jake Allen. Final answer? Yes. All right. All right, we're going to double-check the score. Bring in Randy Carricker. Kevin, what do you do for a living, my man? I do medical sales. Awesome. Oh, nice. Do you get a chance to listen to the show on your way to work or just driving around? What do you got? I listen from 7 to 4.30 every day. Wow. Oh, man, you're a loyal listener. Have you ever been on the fight before or have been I, in the gauntlet? I have. I have. I actually beat Randy once on a Rocky screw up and I'll take it. Yeah. Oh, no. Rock, did you hear that? Happy I could help. <laughs> Hopefully we're not going to have that happen again. Randy is now here. Randy, say hi to Kevin. Kevin, good morning. How you doing? Hey, Randy. I'm fine. Yourself there? Doing great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. Did you hear that? He said that he has beaten you before. Well, good. Oh, Due but, to rock. Oh, uh, okay. Well, nothing wrong with that. So hopefully, a win is a win. Hopefully, no controversy yeah. this time. All right, you ready to take on Kevin in the fight, Randy? Ready. Question number one: mm-hmm. Who is the Cardinals' all-time home run hitter from the center field spot? I, w- I I'm going to go with Jimmy Baseball. I'm going to go with Jim Edmonds. Final answer, Randall? Yeah, that is my final answer, Dan. All-time coaching wins leader at Illinois, Lou Henson. Lou do. Uh-huh. Also leads another Division One school in wins. In addition to taking them to a Final Four, which school was it? Um, not sure if it was New Mexico or New Mexico. I'm going to go with. He went there. I'm going to. I'm going to go. Uh, you know what? I'll do the lifeline just so that I don't mess up. New Mexico State, Indiana, UCLA. New Mexico State. Final answer. Yes, sir. Question three, please. Which pair of Blues goalies split the Vesna Trophy? Uh, Vesna Trophy. Okay, so not the. There's also the. Um, what's the, the one that Halak and Jennings? The Jennings, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Hall and Plant split the Vesna. Glenn Hall and Jacques Plant split the Vesna. Final answer? Yes, sir. Speaking of Blues goalies, the Blues goalie, this Blues goalie, excuse me, shares a record of only one of only two players in league history to be named to two different all-rookie teams, doing so I across a three-year stretch. Yeah. I can't believe there's there's two of those. 
But Jake Allen did it. I thought he would be, be the only one. But he was all rookie twice. Pretty amazing. He was. All he was, right. I, and one of my favorite all-time guys. I what guess I shouldn't have given away the answer already. <laughs> yeah. Jake Allen. <laughs> <laughs> but you had already said the answer, to be fair. All right. Yes. So Randy okay. has one. But is that enough to take down Kevin in this game? Ring that bell. Go crazy, folks. Still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. Just win, baby. I'm sorry, Kevin. Not only did he get that last one right, he got all four right. Randy Carricker hits the jack, and he beat you four to two today. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you Thank for playing. You, Kevin. No backdoor assists from me on this one. So let's go through the questions <laughs> and answers. The Cardinals all-time home run leader from the center field spot. It is, in fact, Jim Edmonds. He's fourth all-time in Cardinals history, and he didn't really hit many of them in any other spot for the center field, so no. there's a pretty good guess there. All-time coaching wins leader at Illinois, Lou Henson, also leads New Mexico State in wins and did take them to the 1970 Final Four. Mm. Which pair of Blues goalies split the Vesna? This was, of course, before the Jennings Trophy became a thing. They used to split a lot of Vesnas back then, and that was Glenn Hall and Jacques Plante. Uh, you have a lot of um, Jennings Trophy wins from a couple pairs of Blues goalies, but only the one Vesna Trophy win. And speaking of Blues goalies, this Blues goalie shares a record of one of only two players in league history to be named to two different all-rookie teams. It is, in fact, Jake Allen. The other one is Jamie Storr, who yep. was named to the 1977-98 and 98 899 one, but again, if you want to get really technical, Allen is the only one to do it across three years because Allen goes in after playing just 15 games in 11-12, doesn't play at all in 12-13, and then come back and goes again the very next year. Danny, you remember Jamie Storr's claim to fame? Which was? Getting run by Jeff Cortnell in the playoffs. Oh, and the yeah. Blues came back from three down. <laughs> it, was, it was five goals, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and uh, they got a five-minute power play. Yeah. Remember, because they mauled Cortnell after yeah. he ran their goalie. <laughs> well, I guess it was poetic justice, because not for Jamie Storr or the Kings, yeah. but, you know, you think about Grand Fuhrer, what happened in 96, mm-hmm. you know, he got mauled, and then all of a sudden the rest is history and. John Casey lets a shot go over his yeah. shoulder from Steve Eiserman and it's a pretty uh, good shot. Yeah, it was. Hell of a shot. You know. Kevin, thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show today. Thanks, guys. Have a great home day. You too. You too. You thank too. you. Uh, by the way, I'm watching it now. Just go to YouTube if you're watching us right now. Was it a five by. goal period? In that, uh, it was five goals. I remember that. I, I think so, yeah. Uh, and Cardinal was just fabulous. Yes, it's one thing that hockey on misses YouTube. now is running goalies. We need to have more of that. You want that? <laughs> you want fights, arguments in baseball? I mean, no, we oh. don't. So Mike Shannon yes. always thought that the way that the baseball fight should be is that if you charge the mound, it's the pitcher versus the hitter, and anybody else who else gets involved, like a hockey fight, gets thrown out. Yeah, and maybe even suspend them. Just let the pitcher and the hitter fight. And then the referee can Aren't step in when they get tired. are arms and hands a little important? It, well, if you want to do it, do it. But just <laughs> you don't need a benches clearing brawl. It's the one important. thing I, I miss with um, replay now in baseball. Mm-hmm. You just don't have a good old-fashioned argument. No, you don't. I, I want to see the play get yeah. right. I want the call yeah. right. But I like seeing a good old-fashioned argument where the manager comes out, they're face-to-face, guys are screaming at each other. It's fun. Oh, yeah. I love it's that. Great. Yeah. I like the benches clearing brawl because then you have that video that we absolutely love of Giovanni Gallegos oh, jumping right. out of the bullpen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it made us hate and will cause us to hate Johnny Cueto forever. Right? Oh, yeah, with the uh, situation yep. in Cincinnati. Yeah. And you don't want to fight Chris Carpenter. That's no, you don't. Baseball no. misses. 
My favorite part, though, of the brawl in Cincinnati is is their massive humanity. And then at the very end of the fight, I say the end, towards the end, crawling through somebody's legs is Jeff Supon. Yeah, right. (laughs) On all fours, just crawling through like a kid that's going through a tunnel. It was pretty fun. Yeah, it was was fun. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, Robbie, Tommy, uh, Blues Center, Robert Thomas with us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Getting you inside the Blues locker room. Time now for Blues Forward Robert Thomas on the opening drive. Driven by Pure Performance, the only stop for all your aftermarket vehicle needs. Later on in the show, your chance to score a pair of tickets to Billy Joel and Sting one night only on Friday, September 27th at Bush Stadium. Blues Center, Robert Thomas, the All-Star, joins us here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley, Dan McLaughlin, Randy Carricker. Robert, good morning. How you doing? Morning, guys. No singing today? Uh, you know what? <laughs> we, we've got some things stored up for you. We're going to give you a great song. But my first question is, you heard that we're promoting Billy Joel and Sting later on. Robert Thomas, I'm going to give, give you two great tickets to one concert. Any concert, who's it going to be? Who's your band or, or uh, artist? Um, I would go with Post Malone. Great call. Really good call. I like Post that. Post Malone. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. And who would be the teammate you would take with you? Um, ooh. Uh, I'm going to go with Scott Perinovich. Really? Good. I like it. Yeah, then, go. Next week, we're going to start off, we're going to get a Post Malone song, and that's how we're going to introduce, you, introduce oh. you next week. No, please no. Please. <laughs> I heard he got enough flag for my singing, or lack thereof. Um, not, not good at that whatsoever. Well, Robert, I want to ask you about last night. I watched the YouTube show that you guys had with Andy Strickland and Matthew Kachuk, and it was just so nice to hear those stories reminiscing about how much the Kachuk family just really helped you get to this point. What can you say about Matthew Kachuk and his family and everything that they have done for you. Yeah, uh, I mean, they've always gone above and beyond for me. Um, taking me in like one of their own and obviously, uh, you know, I, I'm new to the whole pro sports world, but um, and it wasn't in, in my family, but um, they really just, you know, Big Walt just showed me the right way to do things and um, especially in the locker room and how you take care of everyone around you and um, just those little things are, are so important and make uh, make all the difference. Have you been around a guy in Big Walt that's as generous as he is, whether current player, former player, just any walk of life? The guy is as generous as anybody I've ever seen. Yeah, no, I haven't I haven't seen many people like him, and um, he, he's really loved for it, and um, that's just his personality. And you, you, as Brooke mentioned, you had the chance to do the show with Matthew last night. And when Matthew was still a member of the Flames and we didn't know where he, he was going to wind up, he said one of the things that really excited him was the ability at some point in his career to play with you. How much time have you guys spent on the ice together? And w- did your games, it seems like just watching both of you play, that your games would mesh really well. Is that the case? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a chance to play with them, obviously, in London and um we skate together in the summer all the time and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that was a, a pretty nice thing for him to say and a uh, nice thought of mine that, you know, it might happen one day and obviously not for, not for quite a while. Right. But, uh, 
but yeah, no, it was, it was cool. Uh, I think Danny did a great job and, um, just there's some videos that from, from our London days that, uh, you know, we were watching and brought back some good memories. It was pretty funny. I know that I asked you last week, Robert, about if you had reached out to any of the seven Blues prospects that we saw in the World Juniors, but I know that you hadn't talked to them yet. If there was any advice, though, that you would give them as they prepare for the next step and eventually, hopefully, coming up here with the Blues, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I would say um, just enjoy your time. Uh, I think, you know, when you're, you're kind of getting towards the end of your junior or college career, um, you're kind of looking forward and looking forward and um, you're getting nervous about preparing for, for what's next. But um, those those kind of days are truly your, your best days. Um, I mean, just look at the way we were talking about, um, you know, our junior days. Um, you know, those are some great memories and some great friends and, I just be present in the moment and, and enjoy it. And uh, We can't wait to see you in St. Louis. What about Team USA? Obviously winning gold. Did you get to catch any of Jimmy Snuggerud during that run? Yeah. Um, I've always been a big world junior guy, so I uh, I watch most of the games um, when I can if we're not playing. So um, I was able to catch a lot of Sweden, USA, Canada, obviously. So, um, yeah, the guys are looking pretty good. When you uh, prepare for an all-star game, and congratulations once again, you're headed to the all-star game. Um, what does the league do in terms of allotment for tickets, um, those kind of things? Like, do you get a certain amount of tickets, and then if you want to pay for a bunch, you do, or you're only allowed a certain amount? How, do, how does that work out? Yeah. Um, yeah, you get a, a couple. Um, I'm not sure the exact amount yet, but... Um, yeah, you get a, a decent amount, and then you gotta you gotta buy the rest. Um, especially being in Toronto, I got a lot of family and friends, so um, I haven't really fully dug into it. But um, it might be an expensive one. Yeah, it sounds like it. I think you can afford it, though, to be quite honest with you. So th- I'm just gonna say that. But um, are you are, are you going to have somebody in your family take care of that so you don't have to worry about it, or do you want to deal with that on your own? Um, bit of both. Um, I pretty much just said, give me a number and then cut it in half. (laughs) (laughs) That's Uh, a smart move. But, uh, we'll, we'll see. I actually got to call my, my parents today, uh, and get it all figured out. So. Robert Thomas is with us on 101 ESPN. Robert, we talked last week about your defense. You're an all-star. You're averaging more than a point in a game, but every great player, is striving to get better. Is there anything you're working on right now when you practice where you say, okay, this is one aspect of my game where I want to get better? Uh, a couple of things. I think uh, E-zone I still need to get better at. I think I'm a little bit slow um, just being in the being in the middle and kind of jumping second quick. Um, I think that's one area that I'd, I'd like to get better at. Um, as well, offensively, I think, um, just down low below, below the goal line. I think I'm missing a couple of plays um, that I see, and sometimes I don't even see them at all. And um, need to get better at um, positioning my body just so I can see the whole ice. How much, especially on the defensive end, does video help you? Uh, I think a lot. I think uh, it just creates a different mindset and gets you thinking a little differently. Um, I mean, I've always loved watching hockey. Uh, you know, anytime we're not playing, I'm I'm watching. Even if there's afternoon games and we play at night, I'm watching hockey and uh, something I love to do. So I think, uh, you know, watching your own videos get to critique yourself. But uh, I think watching other people and 
um, really, really helps you a lot as well. Okay, so uh, we mentioned Big Walt earlier, and when you were just coming up, when I would ask Big Walt, okay, who do you compare Robert Thomas to? Who's, who's he going to be? And I know you know the answer to this. He said he's going to be Patrice Bergeron. So do you, who do you watch defensively? Bergeron would seem like the, the, the hallmark, but who do you watch defensively that you'd like to, to emulate your defensive game after? Yeah, I think uh, I think there's a couple guys. I think um, first and foremost, Barkov, who we watched last night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously you, you tend to watch your friends a lot, and uh, just from watching a lot of Florida games, I've been able to see him play. And um, he, I think he's he's the next Bergeron. He's the guy that um, you know everyone who's trying to emulate that game should should watch. He does everything right, and uh, he's got a great stick, and he's hard hard to play against. So. Um, I would say he's the guy I'm watching. Robert, it is great to hear your voice. By the way, uh, the Bruins in town. Do you, w- you beat the Bruins in the Stanley Cup. Do you still get, or that's Saturday, tomorrow's the Rangers. But when, when you play the Bruins on Saturday, do you, do you still get a charge out of playing them because of what happened in 2019? I would say, yeah, it's, it's fading a little bit. Um, just because of um, the dynamic of both teams has changed so much since then. But um, always still a good rivalry, and obviously Monty's coaching over there, so um, yeah, that kind of ignites it again a little bit. Go get them against the Rangers tomorrow, and then the Bruins, and then the Flyers, and the rest of this homestand. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week with a song. I can't wait to hear it. (laughs) Take care. Blues center Robert Thomas, the all-star. Last week, Dan, I don't know if you uh, realized, but Brooke and I started with... I know he's an all-star. Yeah, well, Brooke, one, two, three. Hey, Hey now, now, you're you're an an all-star. Get Get your game game on. Go play. play. Hey, now. We don't know the rest of them. And I said, did not hear that. And, and he said we sounded just like Smash Mouth. He, he mm. couldn't tell the difference. He couldn't. He, he truly couldn't, Dan. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, um, I don't know if we should continue that trend, to be quite honest, Post after hearing that version. Uh, and we got to all, all I just have to get you guys to be like, all you, um, what can I say except congratulations? Like, you just got to get that line down on the on beat, and then we'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, it's the on beat part that I yeah, think no, might no, be no, the I'm issue I'm worried here. about that. I'm, I'm <laughs> very rhythm, worried the about The rhythm that. in this room might be lacking a tad bit. What Post Malone <laughs> song would I know? I know, I know him. I know, I know him. I just, I don't know the names Doesn't of them. Doesn't he have a lot of tattoos? He, he does. Face, yeah. face yes. tats. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what I mean. Face tats. He's, he's got... Uh, do you remember, oh, what was that defensive lineman's name? Matthew, the defensive lineman up for the Rams with the face tats. Um... Wound up with the Raiders. But anyway, Rams, a uh, defensive lineman that had face tats. And somebody asked him in an interview why he had face tats. He said, dude, I want to play in the NFL, and I don't, I don't want to play him B. He didn't want to play him B, so he didn't want to be able to go into interviews with the yeah. face tats. And, and wow. That was his thought. He, uh, and he wound up having, Ethan Westbrooks, uh, wound up having a pretty good NFL career. Does your wife uh, say anything about your tattoo now? Never. Never. She, the Never. whole family's over it. No, they aren't over it. They just never say anything about okay. it. Yeah, you don't let them say anything about it. No, it's a, it's a, they yeah. don't bring it up. But yeah, no, it come up. nobody ever sees it. It's on, the, it's on my back shoulder. Nobody ever sees it. Okay, I'm just checking, <laughs> just to see. Like you could be out swimming or something, and the kids are like, "Oh, that's my dad. He's got yeah, the, the but, but, Stanley but, but, Cup tattoo." Did I ever tell you one time down in spring training, down in Jupiter, <laughs> I'm walking on the beach, and uh, somebody yells, "Let's go Blues!" And I'm thinking, because I, I had the tattoo, but I forget about it. I don't yeah. know. Oh, oh, well, interesting. <laughs> You're like, okay. Said, Boy, they really know me. I, 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 yeah, let's go, Blues. Uh, and, and then I said, how do you know? 
that I'm a blues fan. He said, you got a tattoo, man. Oh, yeah, that thing. Yeah. That thing on my or back. You want to hear one little bit of Post Malone I think you might actually know? Yeah, let's okay, do it. This is a little bit. Yeah, we'll do that next week. That's uh, that's our homework for the weekend. Yeah, we'll just, have to You just got to get congratulations on the beat. Congratulations. On there it is. Yes. Thank you, Randy. Yes. I have been on stage with Murphy Lee. <laughs> Can I do Post Malone? Absolutely. <laughs> that's no big deal for you. No. no. Walk in the park. Yeah. What the hook going to be? Uh, coming up, <laughs> oh Rush Hour Reset on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. It is 9.05 in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Brooke Grimsley, Dan McLaughlin, Randy Carricker, and... It's time for the Rush Hour Reset. Blues suffer a 5-1 loss to Florida last night at Enterprise Center. Panthers win their eighth in a row on the strength of a Matthew Kachuk natural hat-trick in the third period. So the Blues drop a little bit further in the standings, and they'll welcome the two top teams in the NHL to town over their next two games. Tomorrow night, it's the Rangers, and then Saturday, it's the Boston Bruins. So the Blues will have their hands full as they try to hang in this playoff race, and they need to do it for at least three more games before things settle down in terms of the schedule and the power play just continuing to go back to that that is the biggest issue when you go over four in a game but then also dan you pointed this out too and this is a very startling stat when you see it they are 12 for 113 this season on the power play wow. that's 11 percent and it's, it's actually the worst. shy of 11 percent yeah worse they are officially now worse in the league with their power play percentage sam reinhardt had a power play goal last night for the uh, the panthers He's got 14. The Blues as a team have 12. That is uh, that is hard to imagine. The Panthers now, as you mentioned, Randy, eight straight wins. And Matthew Kachuk, the story last night um, down at Enterprise, he's now got points in six straight games, goals in four straight, 10 points in his last three. 10 mm-hmm. in his last three. <laughs> he is so much fun to watch, man. He was awesome last night. He was. His and, energy. Yes. Yeah. Everything that he brings. As Jamie Rivers mentioned, you just can't lose games. Yesterday, the Blues were a point out of the final wild card spot. Now they're uh, two points out of that final wild card spot. But between the Blues and the final wild card are Seattle and Arizona. And the Blues are tied with Calgary now. So uh, they can't afford to be losing games because somebody's going to be winning games as they go through this whole process. What do you do, by the way, with Jacob Verana in the next game coming up? So he had the giveaway that made it 3-1. to one. He was minus 3 on the night. Mm-hmm. Kevin Hayes was minus 3 on the night last night. I don't know, man. I, I mean, they've given him this this chance to get back out there and show what he can do. And, and just last night was a bad giveaway. And when you do that, it costs you a game. It's tough to find ice time. How much longer do you do you bother, right? They've yes. already sent him down and brought him back. So I wonder how much long, how much more of a leash he has. We're, we're halfway through the season now. We'll be halfway through the season on Saturday night. And it doesn't look like it's happening. And if it doesn't mm-hmm. happen through 41 games of the season, when's it going to happen? So if I'm... The general manager, if I'm the coach, I'm going to ask that question of each other. Okay, is it going to happen for this guy? And if not, what's the point of having him here? I think at this point they've given him enough chances. And last night that was a crucial mistake that he made there. And it was the same mistake that you had seen prior that got him sent down in the first place. So when you're sitting somebody down, you're hoping that they learn their lessons, they're able to grow. And when they come back, you won't see those same mistakes over and over again. But you saw that 
with Verona once again. There's a couple of bright spots I did take away from the game last night, and that was Shen, team high, six shots mm-hmm. on goal, scored a goal, 10 of 16 faceoffs won. So I think you look at that and say, okay, maybe he gets a little jump start from his uh, his goal the other night, and then obviously what happened last night. Colton Pareko, by the way, tied Bob Plager, third most games played by a Blues defenseman last night. Isn't that great? He's been here that long that yep. he's third most in <laughs> games played by a Blues defenseman. And, and he's playing very well. Jackman and Petro, 1-2, right? I believe so, list. yeah. It's been enjoyable to watch him this season. This is what I feel like we're experiencing a fully healthy season with Pareko. Yeah. What you've seen in the past few seasons, he's been dealing with injuries, recovering from that, and now we are enjoying a healthy Colton Pareko this season. The Cubs have signed a starting pitcher. Shota Imanaga comes over from the Japanese league. He is entering his age 30 season. He's been really solid. He's had good production in Japan. Doesn't have overpowering stuff, but will be, I'm sure, serviceable for Chicago. And right now they have four locks in their rotation. They got Justin Steele, Jamison Mm -hmm. Tyon, Kyle Hendricks, and now the signing of this lefty. He must officially sign by 4 p.m. tomorrow. There's a posting with that. Cubs went through nine different starters last year. They have potentials like Javier Assad, Drew Smiley, uh, Jordan Wicks is another one. But this guy had 11 strikeouts per nine. He's only 30, 2.66 ERA and 30 starts last season in Japan. So while you wait and say, okay, the Cardinals need to tinker and need to do this and need to do that, you look at some of the teams in the Central and they're looking at the same thing. I mean, the Cubs do not have a full rotation yet. They've got options, but uh, just like the Cardinals' bullpen, there are options there, and you think that there are some that are definites in there for sure, but every team is dealing with this right now and what has been a really slow, and I mean slow, moving market in Major League Baseball. Cubs need to get a bat, too. They need to replace yeah. Cody Bellinger. They right? do, yes. And, by the way, Marcus Stroman, some of the reports coming out this morning, that that strong consideration between him and the Yankees, it looks like that's going to happen. But we have. We've been waiting for the Cubs to be making a move. You make that bold move of getting Craig Council, and then it was nothing. I think that a factor, and we've discussed this a lot at length, but you have everything that's going on with Bally's and that deal, which has led to some uncertainty. And Dan, I want to get your perspective on this because we talked about it to Greg last week, Greg Amstinger. How much does Scott Boris factor in this too, considering that a lot of these free agents are represented by him? I, I think it's it, he's going to get the at, the absolute last penny for his client. I mean, Jordan Montgomery is a great example. That's mm-hmm. his client. And, you know, Montgomery went into last season and said, I'll negotiate till spring. And if he hits a time where a player is in their final year, you can pretty much bet on the fact that they're going to play out the final year and they're going to hit free agency. And I do think he's a factor because he controls the big players mm-hmm. in the marketplace. And so there's more attention towards what he's doing or not doing mm-hmm. because he's got uh, Jordan Montgomery and he's got, as you mentioned, some of the biggest names that are out there. And so the focus goes squarely on him. And one of the problems that baseball has in regards to popularity is that unlike the leagues, every other league that has a cap, Scott Boris can go to the end and yeah. nobody has to worry about how much cap money is left. Nope, yeah. right? He doesn't have to worry about that. And he, he gets it. It's amazing how with, with the Harper deal, he gets it right before spring training. People still have, he finds money under seat cushions. And he's got the biggest names. Yeah, he He's does. got he does. the biggest yeah. fish in the sport. So You he, have to play ball with him. He leverages it all the way to the, as Randy said, all the way to the end. Oh, by the way, the Cardinals will play the first ESPN Sunday night game of the 2024 campaign against Shohei Otani and the Dodgers. Ooh. It's a pretty good lineup. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good lineup that they got. Maybe the best ever. 
Ooh, I don't know about that. I'd have to take a look, though. That's a good question. Think, at least they're top five. When you think about, does Otani lead off? No, Betts. He'll bat Betts, second. O, I got Otani second. Freeman. Yes. <laughs> and then do you hit Will Smith fourth? I had Smith fifth. I put Muncie fourth, I think. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think how I did that. I actually wrote it out the other day. But I had Otani second. I had Betts leading off. I had Freddie Freeman in third. So, uh, Sonny Gray, go get him on that uh, Sunday yeah. night in that first inning. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be. Hey, have you looked at what their rotation's going to look like? Yes. Yeah, it's going to be pretty good. Not just it? this year, but next year when mm-hmm. they add Otani. And they get Otani. Yeah. Bueller, you would think, will be back next year. Yes. Goslin will be back next year. Yesterday, I don't know what's going to happen. They, they've kind of scrubbed Julio Urias, but he was determined to have not committed a felony yesterday by uh, the officials, the authorities in L.A. He's still on administrative lead leave by Major League Baseball, but I would think that now that this has been knocked down to a misdemeanor, so that, that he'll could have get an opportunity out. to come yeah. back. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there's no reason to think that that wouldn't happen, and so you could add him, one of the best lefties in the game, yeah. so to that rotation. So 2025, let's, let's Otani pitches your opener. Yeah. Uh, then... Yamamoto, and then Bueller, and yeah. then yeah. Glass now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that could really happen. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's and then a, Gonsolin? Yeah. So the all-time... Barring injuries. Oh, and Bobby Miller. Of course. What, what was the uh, all-time record in wins? Was the Mariners in 01, right? Yeah, 116. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think, doable. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Amazing. There's your Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. Next up, the NHL struggles with popularity. But our Brooke Grimsley has some ideas for the NHL to enhance their popularity and their TV ratings. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Over the years, the National Hockey League has struggled to gain traction from a popularity standpoint across the country. We've all noticed this, and Brooke has some ideas as to how they can gain some popularity, but also they've got things going on off the ice that other sports have that people are paying attention to. They do. So I'm going to start this off by saying that it's the whole Cutter Gautier situation that really grabbed my attention. And if you haven't paid attention to the story of what's going on with 19-year-old Cutter Gautier versus the entire Flyers organization, you are missing out on a lot of controversy. If you missed this the other day, the Flyers trade away their number two prospect in Cutter Gautier, their leading scorer in the World Junior Championships, to the Anaheim Ducks. And a lot of people were wondering why. Well, Cutter Gautier did not want to be with the Flyers anymore. Elliot Friedman even reporting that he wouldn't meet with the Flyers organization during the World Juniors. And this caused a lot of controversy and also a lot of people, including a local Philly writer and podcaster, Anthony Sanfilippo, to accuse a current Blue and former Flyer, Kevin Hayes, of being involved in possibly getting Cutter Gautier to not want to be with the Flyers anymore. A little tidbit that ties into this. I shared it with you guys uh, before the intermission. I've talked to somebody in the organization. 
Kevin Haynes, his fingerprints are all over there. Absolutely. Which is wild because to just go ahead and put that out there in this whole situation, you know how angry Flyers fans are right now. We know how Philly fans are, mm-hmm. right? In general, you know how angry they are. And for this podcast to just put that out there without concrete evidence that Kevin Hayes is involved, it's caused a lot of controversy. But it's been a big talker on social media. And then you have the press conference with John Tortorella, where he was asked about Cutter Gauthier, and he had this to say. First part of Kevin's question, uh, Danny said that Cutter didn't want to play here in Philadelphia and didn't want to play for the Flyers. What's your reaction to that? Then we don't want you. I believe you've met Cutter Gauthier before. Were you surprised that he... I don't know Cutter from a hole in a wall. So, and I'm not too interested in talking about him. I'd rather talk about Jamie. He's the guy that's coming here. This has been such a crazy story. In the midst of everything that is going on with the NFL, getting ready for the playoffs, you obviously just had the college football championship just play out. And the NHL actually, because of this coverage, has gotten a lot of attention. So my question to you guys is, is all press... Good press or bad press? Is it a bad thing or a good thing in this situation? Because it does bring a lot of attention to a situation that is absolutely crazy when you take a deeper dive into it. But then people are talking about the NHL. That's the key. And what the NHL needs, first of all, not all press is good press, but press like this is. The the NHL would be much better off if, let me pick a random player here, if it was Brad Marchand, okay, saying that he didn't want to play for the Bruins anymore and that uh, Don Maloney, their general manager, was a liar and he was never going to play for him again, just like James Harden did. You need a star to do that kind of thing. And that gets people buzzing. It does. Well, so do villains. Villains mm-hmm. make yep. people buzz. Social media makes people buzz. And it's now a social media world. And I would say that your younger folks typically are on social media. And so they're going to get after it. And when things like this hit, it's viral. And yes. so at least, though, and I, I agree with Randy, if your stars are involved with this, then it's a little bit different. I think if you asked the casual sports fan, who is this kid that we're talking about with the Flyers? I would imagine they would say, I have no idea who no, you're talking about. Yeah. Right. So at least you get some some press out of that. Um, and how it winds up in St. Louis, I'm still trying to figure that out. The Kevin Hayes connection, yeah, it's, it's I, don't, wild. I don't understand but, it. Uh, by the way, it's Don Sweeney. I said Don, uh, it's, I said Don Maloney. Don Sweeney is the yeah. GM of the Bruins that Brad Marchand needs to say that he will never play for again. So then it's social media that plays into how Kevin Hayes got involved with this and why Anthony Sanfilippo decide to accuse him of this is because another video was brought up while people, while Flyers fans are trying to dig and figure out why exactly Cutter Gauthier wouldn't want to play for the Flyers. A video resurfaced of where Cutter was doing an interview, I believe it was last season, where he was talking about somebody he keeps in touch with in the Flyers organization and he mentioned Kevin Hayes. So I think that's what led to all of this. Now, when you're talking about good press, bad press, it also brings out a lot of bad people, which led to Kevin Hayes having to respond to this yesterday. And I'm going to paraphrase this because he had a lot of emotions in this quote, guys, where he said some words that we can't repeat here. But in short, he said, and these quotes are in Jeremy Rutherford's article in The Athletic, he said, I think it's completely insane that this guy, he's talking about San Filippo, can say something like that. Not a single aspect of what I've done had any implications on this kid's decision to say that now fans, some fans, I'm not going to say all fans, have gone out and threatened him, his family, and even brought up the passing of his brother. Which is terrible. Yeah. And by the way, 
apparently this San Filippo guy legitimately did have some somebody in the in the Flyers organization said something. He did he didn't just come up with this. So somebody told him something within the Flyers organization, maybe an axe to grind with Kevin Hayes. I don't know why, but to me, you have to double source that. You have to go to whether it's Keith Jones, who understands media, he's in mm-hmm. media for a long time, he's a president of hockey operations, or go to Briere and uh, and find out. Okay, uh, do you guys think that Kevin Hayes had something to do with this? Because you do put Ke- Kevin Hayes under unnecessary stress when you say something like that. This is why athletes, celebrities, whomever, are guarded. This mm-hmm. is why you're guarded, I, and I don't blame them. Um, you know, something gets taken out of context or you get lumped into a situation that you have no idea why you're lumped into it, it all of a sudden, it, it, it's going viral and you're sitting there having to answer, answer questions the next day and say, I, yeah. I have no idea what this is about. Well, not only that, Dan, but look at the selection, the, the non-selection of Florida State. People on the college football playoff committee got death threats and death yeah. threats to their family. Uh, the, the kid from East St. Louis uh, that played for Ohio State uh, in, uh, messed up in the NCAA basketball yes. tournament mm-hmm. uh, got death threats uh, when he had a bad game, a 19-year-old in the NCAA tournament. People have no qualms about threatening a life, and the people that receive threats like that, they kind of take it seriously. Yeah, it, you, never you know. should. Yeah. If I'm Robert Thomas and I come on this show, I'm guarded. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though we all know him and he's comfortable with us, I think in private settings for sure. I've been with Robert mm-hmm. uh, on the golf course and whatnot, and he's great. But I, I don't. Well, first of all, we don't ask him hard-hitting questions. Let's be honest. I mean, it's just more about personality and what the Blues are doing and that kind I'm of thing. I'm trying to hold him accountable, Dan. I, well, you do you do a hell of a job with that, Randy, yeah. talking about e- e- uh, Adele, Post Malone. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think you have to be quite, you know, you got to be careful. In this day and age, you just have to be careful. And we want to know more about our athletes, but our athletes are saying, no problem, I'd like to do that for you, but I don't need to get destroyed on social media when I have an opinion or uh, I have a stance on certain things or I'm brought into something I have no idea what this thing's about. Exactly, because then even just one little blurb can be taken out of context and people will just only pay attention to that one little Mm -hmm. post on social media and not look at the full context of anything. So this being the case, is this something that can help the NHL become more popular? So this is the thing is that the I don't like the aspect of it because with more popularity and with more notoriety, then you do have things like that happen with Kevin Hayes, obviously where you have people lashing out at him. But here's the other part is that, once again, it's something that brings a lot of attention to the NHL. Whether you like spitting chiclets or not, they've done a great job, I think, of bringing more of that personality out mm-hmm. because you guys know covering the Blues and being around NHL players, they do have great personalities. I think the NHL is a great product. It's a lot of fun to watch. And the way that they're also able to chirp each other, too, I think is something that is a great product to watch and pay attention to. I agree with you. I just think that there needs to it needs to be out there more. The personalities of which you speak, the, the NHL needs to find a better way to get them out there. And being on TNT, having uh, the, the group of people that they have on TNT trying to emulate NBA tonight is uh, is a great way to go. Yeah, with Ernie and and, and Charles, uh, right. Charles and Shaq. And I mean, those guys great. are great. Yeah. It, yes. It's great. This is also why, though, I think if you're an athlete, you control your own social media. Mm-hmm. So instead of having Susie Q, Joe Blow come and interview me, I'm going to have my own thing and I'm going to put it out there the way yeah. I want. I'm gonna, exactly. I, this is in my words. This is what I say. This is how I feel. And I control my own social media and that media gets displayed everywhere. And that's the way I go. That's exactly. the way I do it. And you control your own narrative. That, that's right. the whole point. Yes. yes. 
Coming up here on 101 ESPN, we talked earlier about the necessity of having left-handed hitting in the postseason. So with that thought, do the Cardinals even think about trading Nolan Gorman? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. You go from the regular season to the playoffs. You know the, the the type of relievers that teams throw at you in October just absolutely neutralize your right-handed bats. Like the average OPS during a season compared to the average OPS for right-handed bats in in October, it, it drops significantly. But left-handed bats stay the same. That's Derek Gould of stltoday.com and the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. We talked about this earlier, about the Cardinals having left-handed bats. But the most notable power bat that they have from the left side is Nolan Gorman. Even if it was for a number one starting pitcher, an ace starting pitcher, do you have it in you to trade Nolan Gorman for that player, or is he so important as an offensive performer that you feel like you can't you can't win without Nolan Gorman? That's a tough question, right? I just can't see the Cardinals wanting to part with a left-handed power bat. And we were talking about this: how many homegrown sluggers do you have available? That's something that is really hard to develop and have in your organization. And who is the last person to have been that for the Cardinals? We were talking about that earlier. Um, I can't remember one that comes to mind. I can tell you this, not a chance am I trading Nolan Gorman for a starting pitcher, considering that going into the World Series last year, I think there were seven games in which a starter went seven or more innings. So your bullpen is something that I'm looking more at, even more so than the starters, even though I, I realized what they needed to do, which was go get innings. But back to Nolan Gorman, you just don't find guys, left-handed batters, that are going to pop you 30 home runs. That's expensive. I mean, it, it, would it cost you a number one pitcher? Yeah, it might cost you even more than that with the way the going rate is for these kids. And he's only 23. Mm-hmm. My concern with him right now is that he's 23 years old. He's had a missed time with his back. And if you have issues with your back at 23, what does that mean? It, what does it look like when you're 27 or 28? I'm not a doctor, but it doesn't make a lot of sense that it wouldn't get a little bit deteriorated, at least a little bit, if it's if you're having issues at 23. And you're only going to get older. You're only going to take more swings. You're going to get hitting for power. You know, all those things. Bottom line is, though, those guys aren't falling off trees. I ain't trading them. He's in the middle of my lineup. Here's the other thing I'd do. I'd play him every day. I'd let him hit against lefties until he shows me this year he can't. Then I sit him. Mm-hmm. What about defensively? Do you have any concerns there? You're talking about playing him every day, but we saw last season it seems like they felt more comfortable with him at the DH position at I times. I DH him every day. That, okay. Yeah, so if I was going to put him anywhere, it'd be second base, and I may be in, in the minority with this. I think he plays a fine second base. Mm-hmm. I think he's fine. I don't think he's going to hurt you. Is he going to be spectacular? No. Is he going to be fine? Yeah. But and it's the if back he make, issues of giving him more of that break? I, I don't know. I, I would think swinging the bat would, would probably um, be the thing that would, would hurt him a little bit. Maybe getting off his feet would be something that, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I couldn't tell you. One of the things the Cardinals also have to keep in mind, 
Uh, and they might be completely different hitters. But the one thing that Chase Davis, their first-round draft pick from last year, is known for is his raw power. He, he's a 55 power guy, according to the scouts. And he might be a guy that you fast-track. He was a college player. And he might be here by 25. And Victor Scott's definitely going to be here by 25, playing in the outfield. And you probably, well, depends. If you sign Paul Goldschmidt to an extension, you aren't moving Jordan Walker over to first. So at some point, the Cardinals are going to have to make a move, again, because of their, their wealth of bats and outfielders. The move would be if if Victor Scott is, this is just me thinking out loud, if Victor Scott is going to be here, then what do you do with Tommy Edmond? Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's and Tommy Edmond's going to start hitting big money pretty soon and then free agency. And then, you know, you still have Lars Newpar under control for a long time. You got Jordan Walker, you would assume, under contract for a long time. That's when it gets started. You know, you start thinking outside the box and what we need to do. And you, you don't look at just this year, but you always look at year two, year three, year four down the road. I can tell you this. The Cardinals love Brendan Donovan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and he's they should. Gonna, and they should. And he's going to play, in my opinion, every day at second base. Now, I thought that going into last year, he's gonna they're going to find a place for him to play, and everybody got injured, and then he had to move, and then he got injured. Things do happen, but as we sit here in early January, he's my everyday second baseman. 100%. He is really, really good. I want to go back, though, to the Nolan Gorman question when it comes to pitching, because we know how valuable pitching is. Every team knows that, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a secret. So what are your concerns about the Cardinals being able to develop some young starting pitching because if you aren't going to get one via trade and this is what we have for this season with the starting rotation which is what it looks like when is that next young pitcher going to come into the organization that young controllable arm that can be maybe in that top or front end of your rotation well you know that for the next two years you're going to have Gray Michaelis Mats. And if you want for the next two years, you can have Lynn and Gibson because they both have options after this year My question is, are you comfortable starting October with one of those guys being a number one against Zach Wheeler of the Phillies? He's going to be around. We don't know about Yamamoto. Is you Darvish? Are are you comfortable with what you have, one, two, three, against another team's one, two, three in the playoffs? And that's where I think the Cardinals need to add at least – and hopefully it's just one arm because hopefully at some point Graceffo and or McGreevy will come along. Although the Cardinals' track record lately hasn't been great. Tinkens maybe too. Yeah, and throw him in there. Although I think he probably profiles more as a relief pitcher. Yes. Probably yes. But yes. I would think that the the Cardinals are going to have to have something unusual for them happen if they're going to get an ace out of their farm system. Well, you're talking in January, right? Mm -hmm. And that's something to think about is that guys do emerge as you go along. Guys have good springs, and all of a sudden they catch your eye and – you know what? They have a great year, and, and they, they get called up. And, you know, look at what Arizona did with that young kid, the right-hander. I'm trying to think of his name. But he emerged at the very end of the season. You do mm-hmm. have stories like that. Not to say that it's always commonplace, because it's not, but things do happen like that at times. And fortunately for them, in Arizona, they had Gallon, right? The, yeah. that yes. was, that was The Cardinals have two guys out there that could have been that guy. But mm-hmm. they aren't here anymore. I know you're not as high on Gray as I am. And and that's fair. I mean, everybody's got an opinion. I do like Sonny Gray, though. I, I think that he can match up with a lot of the number ones in the league. Now, is he going to match up when Otani's uh, back in two years? I don't know if I can make that yeah. statement. Otani, Strider. Strider Wheeler. would be in there. Yeah. Um, 
Zach Wheeler, maybe. You know, I, there's some guys that I think are just at a level that, but a there's only tier. yeah, yeah there, there's just a handful of them. I I see where you're going with it, though, Randy. I really do, um, because Sonny Gray doesn't jump off the the pages as some of these other guys do. And, and I I think. Uh, I don't think Sonny Gray is a bad pitcher. I think there's a misconception out there. I don't think he's a bad pitcher. I just... And, and, and I don't think you think that. No, no, yeah. not at all. And, and I'm also old school, right? And I'm I'm not with the times. But I look at Framber Valdez giving Houston seven. I look at Ivaldi giving Texas seven. The teams that are winning World Series have a guy in October that's capable of giving them innings. What would make you think that he doesn't? I'm just curious. If just looking Sonny at the track, history? just the track yeah, record his, of him, his history, yeah. yeah. And I understand that. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I, I have, and I don't know if this is going to affect him, but he's five ten and 195 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got a pitch in 110 degree heat in St. Louis for. June, July, August. How's he going to handle that? How's how's that going to affect him when we get to September and October? I think every guy's different. You know, Roy Oswald did it. Yep. You know, Sonny Gray did pitch in Cincinnati. Um, I, I just think every guy's different. They're different animals in how they train. I think nowadays they train so hard that I, I see where you're coming from. I really do. I think it's a valid point. But I... I just I like him. The more I'm doing deep dives on him, the more I like him. And the more I like him is because of the advanced metrics and analytics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I looked at it old school and said, well, win loss is this and this, that and the other, I'd say, "Eh, okay. I mean, it's a nice pickup. He's a middle rotation guy. But I, I, I just seem to gravitate more towards liking him than I do disliking him and finding ways maybe maybe I'm trying to find ways to like him more I don't know well and then his attitude and his competitive nature as you saw in that press conference you like to see that right where he's talking about how much he hates and that sounds so simple but that's something that it felt like we were lacking at times this past season right yes Mm -hmm. yes I think that's why you brought in Lance Lynn I you know now Lance Lynn is (laughs) Lance Lynn's going to give up his fair share of hits and home runs but Lance Lynn is a nus- uh, rusty nail. Yeah, he's crusty. Yes. And, and I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Me too. They you need, need that. that. You and need that. To your point, Brooke, you got these young guys coming. Wait till they get a load of Lance Lynn in spring training. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wait till they get a load of me. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you, you'll, you'll find out what Lance Lynn is all about. And I love him. I, and I think it's something that this organization needed. And by the way, last year, a career year for Sonny Gray at the age of 33. That, so That's well, one of my concerns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a free agent year. Too. Yeah. Uh, coming up next year on 101 That's ESPN. what concerns me about Tyler O'Neill. Yeah. Free agency uh, year represented by Scott Boris. Mm-hmm. Watch out. Yeah, right. He'll, he'll, <laughs> win some, he'll get some MVP votes, just like yeah, Mo said. Exactly. Coming up, we've got some Billy Joel Sting tickets for you and rock and roll on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. It's manifest destiny. And you are, and I am, this is my belief. It doesn't have to be yours. But I think that we're meant to be in certain places at certain times. And and at the start of our life, we're, we're placed on a canoe that's going down a canal or a river or a stream or whatever. And it's just taking us there. We're on a ride. We are on a ride of life. Fate, if you will. Yeah. It, Is that what you word. believe in? Yeah. We 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 have some really deep thoughts that happen oh, in between the breaks. breaks. Yeah, yeah during do. the breaks. That is some kind of deep thoughts you came up with, Randy. <laughs> we went from uh, Sunny Gray pitching in heat to that. Yeah, we did. <laughs> hey, uh, here's the thing. 
regardless, you do, and I do say that we have control over our lives. It's not like we don't have any control. One of the things you want to do on September 27th is be at Bush Stadium for Billy Joel and Sting uh-huh. because they're coming to town, and you can get a pair of tickets right now for one night only, Friday, September 27th at Bush. Remember when the Cubs used to schedule <laughs> concerts for October? That was funny. Uh, anyway, you can find all the tickets. <laughs> they do it like in... in April. In April, <laughs> right. Scheduled yeah. concerts for October. Uh, find all the ticket details and a bonus chance to register to win tickets to Billy Joel and Sting at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app. They've told me after yesterday that I can't come up with the questions anymore. Uh, tickets go on sale Friday at 10 a.m. Because said I, asked, I, I said there was one. I thought it was a good question. Well, thank you. It did feel good to be on the other end of that situation, yeah. though. Oh, I'll bet. I'll bet. <laughs> uh, tickets go on sale Friday at 10, for but once. you can win free yes. tickets right now, right this very minute, by texting the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO-HO. Okay, Matthew, what's the question people have to answer? This is uh, this is kind of a trick question because I think everyone's going to guess the, the easy answer, but my first question here is, what was Billy Joel's first uh, chart-topping song? What was the first Billy Joel song that ever reached number one in the United States? Mm. It's not the one you think. I'm just going to okay. say that right now. Really? You're going to guess the popular one. You're like, yeah, that had to hit number one, right? Nope, never did. So it's not number that one popular? Song? It's not that one. No, the, the, his first song to ever hit number one. He had three hit number one all, across his career, which was the first one to ever hit number one I, in the United States. I'm going to take a guess in my mind here. Oh, I know. I was going to say it out loud on accident. Yeah, probably not. But I'm gonna. I'm sure, gonna, you can. Yeah, you know, take some guess. Why not? Uh, don't go changing. That was not the guess I expected. Mm. Mm. Okay, good. I'm <laughs> uh, moving out. Are you? Is there no. a certain number, Close or is up. it just the first person to get it right? Oh, uh, we're gonna go with uh, texture number thirteen. Okay. Because with all this fate talk, I'm very superstitious. Yeah. So we're gonna go with texture number thirteen to get this question right. Just a little stitious. Captain just a little Jack, stitious. scenes yes. from an Italian restaurant. Uptown Girl. You got all kinds of uh, songs you could pick from. I'll say this right now. Danny Mac has not mentioned it yet. If you're, really? if you're still guessing, Danny Mac has not mentioned what his first number still one was. I'm not saying none of those were me. number one, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying that uh, uh, that Danny was, was not mentioning the number one. Still rock and roll uh, to Let's me. go uh, oh, to, oh. to the topic really quickly because you okay. guys are, because I wanted to talk about this yesterday. The Lakers and the Toronto Raptors, yes, I'm going to talk about basketball, were playing a game last night, and it was an odd one. The Lakers won it late in the game, and some stats jumped out to pretty much everyone, the main one being that the Lakers had 36 free throw attempts in the game, and the Toronto Raptors got 13 across the game. Darko Rad- uh Excuse me, Darko Rajakovic is the head coach of the Raptors, and uh, he's going to get fined after uh, his uh, postgame presser. That's outrageous. What happened tonight, this is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in, in the fourth quarter. Like, how to play the game. I, all, I understand uh, respect for all stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible that Scotty Barnes, who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, the, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you going to explain that, that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. So the NBA having a head coach who says that um, the win was pretty much preordained and that that's not the first time it's happened to the Raptors this year, probably not what you want from a league. 
Not I ideal. love it. I love it though. Scotty Bond. And here's the thing. The reason why I bring it up is because again, he's he very much is calling out the, the, the refereeing there. And, and here's the thing. He's coaching in the one sport that's actually had a referee openly cheat. That's uh, true. Mm. <laughs> and like, I, I, I hate the conspiracy theories, but this is as, as betting becomes a bigger thing. There's people are going to add, you know attach bigger question marks to these kind of games. And he pointed out it was 36 to 13 across the whole game. It was 23 to two in the fourth quarter. And watching the second half of that game, he's right. Scotty Barnes was putting the ball on the floor and going to the rack, play after play after play, getting hacked and getting absolutely no calls. And again, it's the Raptors versus the Lakers. Let's go back to like Nets versus Lakers or or what different, you know, weird Lakers versus Kings thing that you want to bring up. It's always a little odd when the Lakers get involved. I think we need more of that. (laughs) And I I think the fines need to be reduced, and I think we need people to rip the officials more. I think the the officials need to be held accountable. I think the the officials need to meet with the media after games. Yes. Yes. And I think that uh, coaches should be allowed to rip them. I I had Tim Peel on... I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, a longtime NHL referee, and I said, you know, why don't you guys meet with the media? And they send down the pool reporter, and he brought up some valid points as to why they don't. But I just think that if you're going to hold a coach accountable and you have players that are accountable that have to answer as to why they did right, wrong, and different, then the official or referee in this mark or uh, this point or umpire should have to do it as well. Yeah. I 100% agree because then it goes back to you get to control the narrative a little bit more. If you sure. look at everything that we talked at length about, everything that happened with the Lions and Cowboys, right? To have more, and I know that Allen did come out and had more of a statement on it, but still just some more clarity of where you can have that back and forth, where the coaches can speak on that more without the fear of getting fined. I just want to hear from a ref or an umpire, why did you make that call or what did you see? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, what it. did you see? That's all, and and then it's up to the interpretation of those that read it or listen to it. Exactly. What was the answer to the question? Uh, It's still rock and roll to me. 1980 was his first number one. Uh, You you said it after I said you hadn't said it yet, and then you kept guessing. Um, Tell her about it, and we didn't start the fire or his only other number one hits in the United States. So just the way you are, 19, late 70, 76, 77. And I think that maxed out at number three. Scenes from an Italian restaurant is my favorite song. Mine too, ever. It's I like think three, it might be my ever favorite yeah, song. Great. You and I both, when uh, Sirius XM does the Billy Joel channel, we're, oh, it's, we're addicted to it. It's on this month, I believe. Is it really? Yeah, I, gotta check I think it out. so. Oh, okay. yeah. I like Uptown Girl. Good it's song. a great one. Yeah, I like the video song. a lot. Oh, uh, yeah, Chrissy Frankly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> great job by our producer, audio, video engineer, the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, did you have fun today? I did, yes. Good. Uh, Dan was walking out the door. I, I said, are you going to complain to uh, Mike Ryder about us? <laughs> no, he's not. You're, you have nothing I'm to complain about. I'm frustrated right now. Not with you guys. I'm frustrated with an email that I need to take care of, and I'm trying to click on a thing, and it won't let me click. Well, we'll, we'll take care of that. And that's what Mike was supposed to help me with, and he's trying to, and okay. he's frustrated. Yeah, we've got big-time IT people to help you out with that. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. We've got a balloon party with T-Mac and Ajax coming up, followed by BK and Ferrario, and then the fast lane from 2 to 6 for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great hump day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.